Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 548 for June 27th, 2020. I'm your host, Anna Marie Privetier. Hello, I'm back. I had a little break. I needed a break. It was fantastic, but I missed the podcast. So yeah. I'm back. You better be back. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hi, Chris Privetier. I'm still Chris. You're my spouse. I'm your spouse. I, I, I like my I'm spouse. your lovely spouse. I'm your trophy spouse. Yes. No, you're my trophy spice. It's trophy. What? Does that mean you grind me up and put me on the food? <laughs> That's not good. Ew. Ew. Hi, Get, Kelly Ryan. You I'm your secret waifu. She's she's my other spice. Oh, no. Wait, is she your spice girl? Yes. Yes. Tell me what you want, what you really want. No, tell me what you really want. I want... Oh, and no. I hated that song when I was a teenager. I really, really, really want a zig-a-zig. Ah, with Peter. <laughs> Wow, that was an interesting. I was going to say I'm not any of those things, but we missed having you too. <laughs> Peter Thomas is here to talk about games. So is Josh Carpenter. Hey, Josh. Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to try for any more of a tie in there. But <laughs> do I'm you carpenter? It's good. I I stitch it all together to make one lovely podcast uh, panel of awesomeness. All right, we are going to dive straight into what we've been playing because um, part of the reason that I haven't been on the past couple weeks is I haven't had anything to talk about because what I've been playing was embargoed. So now that the embargo has passed, I can tell you all about Trails of Cold Steel 3 on Nintendo Switch. All right. Spoil it all. So here is the interesting thing about playing an embargoed game, particularly playing a really long embargoed game, is I'm sitting here this week upset to like not to like the point of tears but i am like seriously upset and i sent a message to our editor-in-chief alex who could not be here this week and i said alex i am torn because i feel bad that i have only played 80 hours of this game in the last two weeks and i am not done and i will not make the embargo deadline well you know you're not a real professional anna so get off our hobbyist website where we don't have professionals. <laughs> and I have now been playing this game for nearly three weeks, and I have only played 95 hours of it, and I'm not done. Are you even to the epilogue yet? I am in the final chapter. Okay. No, do but you, you play you like You could Josh? still have like a... Huh? No, I mean, you could still have 15 hours left. That game goes on and on and on forever. So I did the big fight. The big, multi-segmented, everybody jumps in on the action fight. Okay. And to me, that struck me as like the quote-unquote end of the game. And what's going to come next is mostly going to be story. So at the moment, I'm at a party. Hey, careful. And I'm sure something is going to go terribly wrong at this party. And there's going to be like 10 more hours of stuff. You think a lot will happen at the party? You think there'll be that, plot? I, oh, yeah. You've got like another 10 or maybe even 15 oh, hours left. <laughs> so I'm not even sure I'm going to be done this game before. Ever. You will never it really It actually comes game. out on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, in terms of things that are important to people that own a Switch and waited for this on the Switch, this is not technically comparable to the PS4 version. I think the best way to describe it is it feels like the PS4 version, but if you put them side by side... You didn't the PS4 play the PS4 version. version. Yes, I did. When? A very small amount of it, but I did. Where? In the living room. You even op- I didn't even know you opened that copy. I think so. 
If nothing else, I played Cold Steel at events. I think you're imagining this and then giving technical advice, which is probably better than most tech support you get in the internet, honestly. Side-by-side screenshots, if nothing else, show that it is prettier on the PS4. Yes, I believe So if you are looking Uh, for the best-looking version of the game, go PS4. I do like the portability. I think they did a really good job making everything work on the smaller screen, with the exception of the save screen. That's a little jank. What if I want fewer mm-hmm. bugs? Well, um, so here's here's the. Can dilemma you talk that about that? Right yeah. So, <laughs> chapter two, which takes place predominantly in Crossbell, is a little crash happy. It's a crash little happy. it's a little um, soft lock happy. So all of the problems that I had with freezes and soft locks were completely contained within chapter two. And the only other time that I've had problems is one very small instance inside of chapter four. Mm. Uh, and I have heard that same thing said about Crossbell by several different people who have been playing the, the preview copy or, you know, the review copies. So like Crossbell is a problem. Apparently there's also some smaller. This is why we didn't glitches. get the Crossbell trilogy. Um, like, <laughs> Um, there is significant slowdown during and after Elisa's attacks. That's being fixed in a day one patch, so I mention it just because it's kind of funny. And also there's a character that instead of getting their face while they're talking, you get their feet. What? (laughs) The boot NPC. (laughs) As we're calling it on the Nisa Discord server. Because, like, the like embargo it. lifted yesterday, so June, Friday, June 26th. And so a bunch of us who have review copies, we're all talking about it. And we're all LOL, the boot NPC. So is it is the cameras showing their boots when they talk, or is their it, boots their face? It No, it's it's showing their boots when they talk instead boots of their face. Boots McFace. Oh, okay. so well, that's his character name. They're, they're very nice boots. Boots McFace. <laughs> um, and so beyond that... Um, I what the only other problem that I have and I reported it to Nisa and I think that they're probably going to fix it with this day one patch is if you plug in a low battery controller while during a Panzer Soldat battle, the game can crash. (laughs) Okay, and I can pretty reliably do it on plug it into the system. No, so plug it into charge. Yeah. So like I use the, the dog, the dog controller the dog face the dog switch, face controller the thing that holds your joy cons yeah. and can charge them yes. yes so i was playing with the dog face controller and it went bleep bleep your controllers are low on battery so i said okay and i plugged it in and boom the game Crash. immediately crashed and i'm like that's cool so i booted the game back up i went back into the fight i unplugged the controller i waited a minute i plugged it back in again boom crashed so I can get it reliably to crash about, I think I tried it six or seven times and four It works every time, times 60% it crashed. of the time. And it makes me think of a PS4 game that I'm blanking on. I want to say it was um, Metal Gear that had a bug where if you tried to play it with a low um, PS4 controller, it would delete your save file. <laughs> that's, just, that's just Psycho Mantis. The more <laughs> scenes that you skip in Fairy Fencer F on Switch, the more likely the game is to crash. Oh no! That well, that's a dirty way to make you watch the story of a after fifteen skip scenes. Your game will pretty reliably crash. I actually <laughs> troubleshooted this for Ghostlight because I had a review copy. Did they fix it? Um, I don't know. Oh joy! But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like 
a tester isn't going to run into some of these situations. Oh yeah, and the game wigs out. Part of the part of the soft lock problem is um, we have the anti burn in turned on. So when I play mm-hmm. on the TV, it dims after five minutes. Well, mm-hmm. the thing is, is there's super long scenes with all sorts of voice acting in it that I don't need to interact with the controller. So when the game dims out during a voiced scene, that's when it tends to freeze and crash. Anna Cavalli in the chat room says it only took him 105 hours. So you're almost there. I'm almost there. 25 more hours to go. Yay. So An entire exciting. game's worth to go. <laughs> do, you, do you play like Josh where you talk to every NPC or do you play... Um, I... Are you charting out their lineage as you go? What's taking you so long? Oh, God. Chris, there's so many NPCs to talk to. And they all have interesting things to say. Do they have side quests that they don't give you a line to complete? Yes. So here's the interesting Sometimes. thing. Yeah. is um, So hidden quests have been sort of like a tenant of the Trails series. But mm-hmm. what they've done in Cold Steel 3 is they've actually given you a little bit better of an indication about where those quests are. So, like, if you're looking on the map, you'll see a little star or a little exclamation mark. And if you go talk to that person, they'll have a quest. And they do that even for hidden quests. Oh, cool. So, yeah, like, I, they're still, I, I, I think the community still kind of calls them and classifies them as hidden quests because they're not in your notebook. Um, but it is so much more accessible to find those quests than it was previously. Yeah, That is nice because I felt like if I didn't play that game with a guide open at all times, the other games with a guide open at all times, then I felt like I was going to miss stuff, and I hate it when games do that. So I have a guide, and I consult Anna it as I go along. missed things even while playing with the guide. But I have missed stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely, I've missed stuff. So, there, sorry, There's Kelly. so much stuff that's, like, time-sensitive in that game, it's really easy to... In Trails, it's... <laughs> you yeah, can play I, with the guide and still mess, miss I, things. I it's missed, the worst situation. I missed a recipe, so I wasn't able to get full AP from a quest that required you to oh, have all the recipes up to that point. Well, in previous games, Chris, it was really important because um, in order to get S rank across the entire game, yeah. you require 250 AP... And there was very little wiggle room. There was about 220 in Cold And that affected and what? Your ending or something? Or um, a it trophy? Affects, it affects a bunch of stuff. Okay. So, yeah, largely it's a trophy thing. But it also affects the rewards that you get in the game and what carries over in New Game Plus. Well, if you're playing New Game Plus, who cares? You worry about that on the second playthrough. Because there are things that you can only get a finite amount of oh, that are tied to your ranking. But if so you like have everything best... and your new game plus with everything, what do you have, two times everything? The best equipment in the game can only be acquired once per run and is tied to your um, to, uh, tied But you've already beaten the game, so you don't need the best equipment So the anymore. idea is, is as you new game plus, you collect all of this stuff and yeah. then you play on progressively harder difficulties. Okay. Because yeah. you need the stuff to survive on progressively harder difficulties. Unless you're good. Unless you're floofy. Unless you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, Why? I, what's I, floofy doing? <laughs> floofy plays Nightmare on like all of the Ease games and all of all of the Trails games. And just first crazy. run through. <laughs> Usually second, but she doesn't carry over anything. She doesn't carry over anything. No, she just like I'm just gonna play oh, Nightmare straight. She's a <laughs> real like, gamer, right, Anna. Okay. You should learn from her. Oh, screw you. But you play on. You don't I'm just play on. E- on very. Easy. You don't play on Easy Street. You play on. We will carry you on a thrown down Easy Street for you. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> 
You get so many games finished that way. (laughs) It obviously doesn't speed it up that much, 80 plus hours later. 95. (laughs) I wonder how much time it would add if you played on normal. Oh, a lot. Because I'd have to grind. (laughs) Wow. Yep. So I love Cold Steel 3. And I appreciate that it is approachable, even as someone who didn't play Trails in the Sky, even as someone who didn't watch a Let's Play of the untranslated crossbow games. Like, they do a really good job of, like, explaining who these people are and why they're important and not making you feel bad about not knowing who they are. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job of, like, tying that in without you know, making you feel like you were totally lost if you hadn't played everything. Right, because it's referencing people that not everybody in the party knows. And so, like, the idea that you may not know everything going on is canonical. Mm -hmm. And I do like that they do a really good job sort of easing you into the first five hours in that if you didn't play Cold Steel 1 and 2, they catch you up very quickly. I kind of like that approach, kind of like how the Marvel movies did it, where if you um, didn't watch all of them, you weren't lost. But if you did watch all of them, you got like nice little end jokes and stuff. Yes. So you're saying I don't need to play the first two, three, you don't wh- however many we're up to now. To, but I think you would enjoy them. I know. But I mean, if you're like, all right, I don't have a Vita, um, Switch is my primary platform, Cold Steel 1 and 2, according to XE themselves, is never coming to Switch. Nope. No. <laughs> and so I want no, to dive I, into this series. The first two won't come to Switch. The remasters will. Mm, They'll come to no, Switch HD. No. no. Not not until the uh, the license expires where Exceed owns those the rights to those games. <laughs> Whenever that is off in the future. And I mean, Exceed has explicitly stated... Falcom has explicitly said, hey, if games get ported to systems other than the ones that we inherently develop on, it's up to our partners. And Exeed has said, we have no plans to port it to Switch. Yeah, they have no plans. So well, when Switch 2 comes out and everyone's doing HDR remasters, because all of a sudden Switch 2 can do good So graphics. yeah, I mean, if your primary platform is Switch and this is your first opportunity to jump into the series, don't feel intimidated. This is a good point of entry. That's where I was going with this. Maybe it'll come to Apple Arcade. The- <laughs> yeah, because that's how you want to play a 90-hour RPG. Man, they support no. controllers. You play it on your Apple TV. You basically use the Switch bill, just export to Apple. Yes, yes, you push the export to Apple button, Chris. Listen, having compiled things for Apple... Actually, no, that's not going to happen. It doesn't work. This is not hashtag made with Unity. (laughs) It it doesn't work. (laughs) Even if it did, it wouldn't work. Carrying on. Oddly enough, this is made with a uh, Sony-made engine. Really? (laughs) Carrying on. What's it called? What's the engine called? Oh, God, I've forgotten uh, the guy. I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head. It was one Sony made for uh, Vita and PS3 to be a cross-platform thing to be open for anyone to use. Now I can't remember the name of it. The other game that I've been playing a lot of this week is Crusaders of the Lost Idols. So, Chris, you and I have both been playing this. Yeah, we need to stop spending money on Crusaders. (laughs) But also, I want to spend more money on Crusaders. (laughs) So, this is an idle game where you kind of interact with it to a limited amount and then kind of just let it run. And we like it. It's it's fun in a stupid way. Um, And so, you got on the Discord this week. Yeah. 
and basically oh, yeah. threw yourself upon the mercy of the of the formation pro channel. Yeah. And was like, all right, so here's Help, the deal. Noob. I don't have all of the best crusaders. I have some cool crusaders, but mostly basic yeah. crusaders. And then the sales Help happened in. I need to go back make a there. formation. And so the very kind people they spent on two hours. <laughs> yeah. These very kind people on Discord like broke down all of his options and like played with things in and inside and outside of formations. They like doing this. Crafting. This is the game for them. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of one of those these things where it's like they were like pulling crusaders in and out of formations in their own game and being like, wait, why does this lower the No, DPS? they were they were having me do it and then oh, show okay. them screenshots. They, okay. they don't want to mess with their formations. Oh, <laughs> they just got it but right. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were they were having them play around with formations and like trying to theory craft like why certain crusaders were making the DPS go down when they should have made the DPS go up. And then he comes into the bedroom and he's like, I just spent two hours in the formation channel. I have things to show you. And he completely <laughs> changed my formation and almost doubled my DPS. That, that is not true. Um, it was you went up by exponent like 10 to 40 or something like that which I, technically I went means up much from, more than double i went up <laughs> right yeah so i went from like e90 because we're we're using sino for scientific the notation sino. to like e156 uh-huh and i was like wow this is gonna make this so much easier and so i have been trying to apply the lessons that he taught me from redoing my formation in one of the events i i already in... need to go back in for another lesson because i have different format crusaders now after the sale yesterday and like it changes everything and i don't know what i'm doing again and it's just ridiculous and i want to play more we like that game anna yeah we have a lot of fun with it so there's a big event that's starting this week um and that is so. Yeah, I thought the, it was next week. Uh, the the Billy Mitchell's uh, no uh, the Billy Smithsonian the Alien Invasion. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh it starts it's, on July second or third. It's Independence right? Day. It's a parody of Independence Day. Yes. This game's and five so years old. So it's it's the president and his wife and a bunch of aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is Will Smith in it? Well, that the president is President Billy Smithsonian yeah. looks kind of oh. like Will Smith and it's, Barack, it's Barack Obama, Obama and Will Smith in yeah. one character. Uh. <laughs> so if you're interested in trying out Crusaders of the Lost Idols, it's free on Steam. It's free on Congregate. You can play it in a flash um, browser, flash supported browser. Try it out if you're interested in it. Now is kind of a good time. Actually, to don't play this one. Play their newer one, which is uh, the D- Dungeons and Dragons Defenders. And um, that one is going to be supported for longer. So it's the one that makes more sense to get into now. And you can play it on your Switch. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that came to Switch. It's not crossplay though, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, is it? Links it links with your account, yeah. Oh. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. I just, I like Crusaders of the Lost Idols. I'm not connected to the D&D in the same way. Sure. I'm just going to say if you're looking if you're into the style of game and you're into D&D, maybe consider that one more because it's a newer engine and it's just going to it's getting more love right now. Uh if you like the art more of of the <coughs> the one we're playing, then yeah, the artists are different, so maybe stick to the Crusaders of the Lost Idols. Or maybe don't play anything because they're idle games and they will take up all your time from other games that you could be playing like 105 hour um trails games you know right 
Nobody's with me on that one. All right, cool. No, Play all the no. audio games. All right. What else have you been playing this week, Chris? I did a bad. Why did you do a bad? I, I listened you to Peter. You did a very good. I, I listened to Peter. Peter <laughs> last week tried to say, hey, you guys should try out PSO 2. I said, all right, I'll give it a try. So I dragged Josh and Kelly into Fantasy Star Online 2 on Saturday night last week. Yeah, it was Sunday night. Sunday night, right? We were playing Civ on Saturday night. Yeah. So then I kicked their ass in Civ Saturday night, live, night and Sunday morning. Um, you're welcome. And then we, oops, and then we uh, played PSO2 on Sunday night. And I've never seen Kelly bounce off a game harder than I've seen her bounce <laughs> off Fantasy Star Online 2. It, it was a rage quit, boy. It was, it was like the second mission, and Kelly's inventory was full. And was like, I've got to drop all these things one by one. I can't even figure out how to do it. No. This game is stupid. It wasn't that I had to drop all those things. It was that I could, from what I could see in their god-awful UI, <laughs> was that you couldn't drop things during a mission. You can. But yeah, you're right. Was... Yeah, you just discard it. You don't actually drop it. Um, it's so it's it's tied to the fact that they have a really bad uh, payment system that that unlocks a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I by no stretch of the imagination say this game is perfect. They've they've done some really bizarre things as far as like what they've chosen to, to hide behind pay gates. Yeah, this is Fantasy Online 2 has some issues. Like, if you want to respec yep. your character, pay gate. You want to respec your mag, your little mechanical guy who flies around with you, pay gate. You want to change how you look? Oh, we'll give you a bunch of salon tickets. You can do that a few times for free. No problem. Just go ahead. Change everything except your race and gender. So, like, the okay. things you're used to in other... Space. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say inventory space is a pay gate. Pay gate. Trading yeah. items is a pay gate. Yeah, you can't even do it without being a premium member. Yeah. Can you use the market, like the player market, without? You can. Okay. You can purchase from the market. But you can't without... list? Correct. So the auction house is a pay gate. <laughs> yep. Basically, anything that would be like normal gameplay in other free-to-plays, and like maybe they'd uh, change how much you can do is is a pay gate here and it's like and then the, a bunch of the cosmetic things you'd expect to be pay gates no <laughs> it's like what is going on with this game <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. not even one of those things where it's like you know uh they have a like a a premium currency that you absolutely have to pay for and then you have a premium currency that you can earn in game it's not even like an interchangeable thing where it's like if you want to play this game totally free you can earn the free premium currency and use that instead. No, I, that's something else entirely. So, yeah, the the structure yeah. around... There are Sega for. Gems and ACs. I don't even know what ACs stand for. And then they're used for different things. Yep. And, like, they reward you Sega Gems sometimes in-game. Mm-hmm. And they'd never reward you ACs, and you convert ACs to Sega Gems, but you could buy both in the premium... They're both premium currencies. Oh my gosh. And some of the premium things you can unlock with Sega Gems, and some of the premium things you can only unlock with ACs, and then... I think I boiled it down to the fact that it's it's like they took a single-player game and locked all of the multiplayer mechanics behind this pay gate. 
uh, outside of partying. Well, and that, that's but like, your skill resets and your mag resets are also locked, so that's not good either. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, I think I guess and in, like in most in a single player game like Diablo two, you would just start a new character, right? Like, okay, yeah. it's an old school design, yeah. but you could deal with it. Here, they let you level all the classes on one character. So if you screw up one of the classes, if you want to fix your character who has multiple classes, you've got to buy that thing. You you could start a new one, but then you're leveling multiple classes from scratch. That makes no sense. And you get bonuses depending on how many classes you've gotten to certain levels. So it really doesn't make sense to have to start a new character. It's not designed for that. And yet it's okay. Anyway, so those are all the complaints. Um also, the, the user interface is extremely fast and encourages you to click through things, and then you miss a bunch of important data. Okay, fine. That's on the user that I miss the data because I clicked through the things. But also, the way it's presented is just scre- screenshots with a bunch of text under them. It's really boring. I just want to play, and these things are coming up and interrupting me while all my friends are in a mission, and I'm sitting here supposed to wait and read all these things slowly. Okay, uh, but I could just pound the O button and get through them all. It's like, okay, that's what I do. But then I never learned the lessons those things were there to teach me. And the menus are not easy to understand, um, like, where things are. But they're all very shallow um, and very quick to navigate through. So, like, the user interface, as I like to call it, it's very fast, but it's not intuitive. <laughs> it's very... Nope. <laughs> yeah, there's lost. a lot of stuff that's hidden behind things that you're like, oh, that's where that was the whole time. So, like, once you're an expert, I feel like the interface is great because you just fly through it and you get to where you want to be and you get done with what you want to do so fast. But until you're an expert, you're just, you're a loser. (laughs) It it took us forever to just figure out how to make a party for the three of us, even though we were all in the same server, we could see each other. How long did it take us to even just figure out how to party up? Like half an hour or something? It was a while. We We were being noobs. Like, now I know how to do it. It's like what are you talking about that's nothing that's so easy but like i remember we went through it it was a problem so it's like i don't understand how to even communicate this to people because the people who play the game like they don't even think of it in that way anymore it's like oh no it's fine it's like you go here <laughs> anyway so the game itself is a bun- is uh action rpg uh you party up with like three other people and you go out on quests um is the simple formula for a lot of the game uh, obviously, there are multi-party quests and bigger group events, but uh, the the basic mission structure is party up, go to mission, do mission, go back to ship. Um, it's not an exploration-based RPG. It's not about traversing a world and collecting flight paths and going to visit the, the Deep Run Tram and getting uh, macked on. Um, instead, it's about uh, uh, doing your missions, getting loot, going back, turning that loot into modifications for your other loot or selling it and and gearing up your character spending skill points and then going and doing harder missions and a continual loop of progression like that then you throw in like event quests on top of it and promotional items and you can grind currency for like really powerful things or really cute cosmetics and voila you have a game with uh grinding as a core mechanic um and very quick you know select mission go and it's very dangerous for someone like me because that's like that's my thing. It's like grinding games, right? So, uh, not not so for Kelly. <laughs> no, I I gave it a fair shake, but I just couldn't I couldn't deal with the learning curve. It was just <laughs> I can usually pick up on games pretty fast, but the learning curve on this one was just way too much for me. Um, that's fine. I've got other MMOs to play. 
We, and we it's can crazy. play Civ later. <laughs> it's crazy, like playing the console version of it. Like I never even experienced the problem Kelly did with the uh, the item management because, like, I have no clue how it's I'm... doing it on the console. But I like I never had to like move items out into my. Uh, I never even had to deal with it. It was strange. And... And bear in mind, this was also after, like, an entire hour of trying to get it to work on Windows 10 for me. Because there was, like, Xbox Live apps that I had to install on Windows that I didn't even realize existed to get it to work. Yeah, I'm. so I was at an unfair advantage for that because I've played games on Windows before, so I had a bunch of them. Um so I didn't I didn't have to deal with that. I think the biggest hiccup I had was this game really wigs out if you change your gamer tag, um, which I had done so, and it wouldn't let me log back in. So I actually had to download the Xbox uh, companion app, which I didn't have, uh, log myself out, then log back in, and it was fine. Um, but yeah, some of the hiccups you ran into were definitely more of the uh, more of the the bigger ones i had never seen them before yeah so i think they've packaged this up with that universal windows program tool that lets you do mm-hmm. xbox and windows apps with the same package or something like that and because of that it it talks through the app store infrastructure to all the xbox services which means you have need those things all running which an older versions of windows didn't install by default so you have to go and get those and uh, the windows store works better in newer versions, so when you're coming from older versions, uh, Kelly is two versions of Windows behind. Um, so, well, it... as of last week, I updated just to get it to work. Oh well, I didn't know you were on 2004 now. Okay, then I don't know. They should have put all that shit on there, and you shouldn't have had to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, but I I want to note that uh, Chris is playing a game with me now. Mm-hmm. So I log on at night at like nine because I'm finally done working for the day with some giant project and I go on and I like say hi to the guild and then Peter says hi and then he shows up in discord. He's like, hey, let's go run these urgent events. And I'm like, yeah, let's do so all we go the do things. That. <laughs> yep. Then we run like five dailies and then it's like, oh, it's 1 a.m. We got to go sleep. Oh, fine. <laughs> Yes, at some point I go, tang up on Peter! No, you've never done that. If I'm not on with Peter, you shout at me. If I'm on with Peter, you haven't done that. You've been very good about it. It's been very nice. I've been meditating at night. It's made made me much more calmer. (laughs) You must not have meditated last night. I did. (laughs) How does it feel being an MMO wife again? Well, so here's the interesting thing is, is I've been talking to people this week about getting together a WoW Classic Static. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to do it. I think it's going to be Friday night and we're going to stream it. So stay tuned. Oh, by the way, I just learned my heel powers up if I hold the trigger down. That's not written anywhere that I can find. I'm just I think all all of your magic does. Oh, good. Good to know. It was probably in yep. a menu I clicked through. All right, cool. <laughs> PSO2. Um and yet it's so mindlessly fun and all the things happen and it's cute and I'm dressed like Sonic sort of and like it's great. I bought so the Sonic pack. That's the thing about it is that <laughs> it the reason it's fun is because it builds off the old formula which was fun. Um and it takes a few things and makes them better. So uh, in the old uh, PSO one, 
uh, and two, they had this like the way that you attacked, like you couldn't just mash the button. You had to hit your your attack button with like a specific timing. There was like a cadence to it. And, you know, once you got the hang of it, it made sense. There was like this three hit combo. Your third hit was always the most accurate and usually a little more powerful than the first two. Uh, and it all made sense. In this game, they enhanced on that by saying like, oh, no, you know what? We're not going to do that. You can mash your buttons all you want and go, you know, ham on everything. But if you decide to use the uh, perfect attacks, which they call uh, just attacks in Japan, and they, they call them perfect attacks in North America, um, they add extra bonus damage to it. So it's kind of like a little nod to the old games. Um, and it allows you to kind of use that cadence if you want. But then if you're just a player who's just like, nah, just like running through, holding down my trigger and calling it a day. I'm sure uh, if you're you doing just... like the hard end game content, they expect you to be playing like that. It helps. I mean, obviously you want to be doing as much damage as possible, especially when something, you know, I, I'm at almost 75 at this point, which has unlocked, you know, some of the last difficulties that are available to me. And uh, it doesn't matter how powerful my character is, how powerful my mag augments are. Um, I still get close to one shotted because I'm not built for, you know, being hit by anything. So, you know, the more quickly I can kill something, the better. But, you know, I it, it's not I don't feel like it's it's something that's required. Cool. Yep. What else have you been playing, Peter? I have also been playing the wonderful 101 remastered. Um, I never played the one. Is that on where you were the last two nights when I didn't have you on? No, Ooh. I well, I was on last uh, two nights ago. I think it was just later. You're right. And last night, a friend of mine asked me to play Overwatch, so I played with her. Oh, fine. Oh, it was a lady, of course. I'm um, always losing to ladies. Yeah. What the heck, Wait, It works, man. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's the oppression of the white male, Anna. <laughs> You've been talking to your father too much. Anyways, carry on, Chris. Or carry on, Peter. Don't listen um, to me. So I'm yeah, I never played the Wii version of Wonderful One 101. Uh, so I was really excited to see it getting remastered because I was not buying another game for my Wii U ever. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> I'm sad about the three that I still have. I'm just trying to get rid of them at this point. I'm like, I want to be done with it. Anyways, uh, so the Wonderful 101 is a Platinum Games. Uh, so you already know it's good, right, Chris? Yeah, just like Mad World. Right, exactly. No, uh, Mad World was we. It's uh, developed by Platinum, and it's uh, a very quirky game. So you play as uh, these regular individuals who live in the city. That when things go wrong and bad things start happening, they transform into the wonderful uh, one double zeros, what they call themselves, and they're basically like superheroes. Uh, so the game is very. Uh, uh, I guess quirky in that regard and has those kind of like superhero cliches. Like everybody talks with like a sense of justice and you know, it's, it's all about saving the day and all I that am here. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how dare you evil doer do not threaten the people of this, this land kind of thing. Um, oh. 
but you know each each of the wonderfuls uh have a different color associated with them and and with each color comes a, a different weapon so the red uh wonder red as they call them um is the fist weapon wonder blue is a sword wonder green is a gun and so on and so forth um and to in order to use them, um, you basically in the Wii U version you would draw on your tablet. Um, so to get the fist, you draw a circle. To get the sword, you draw a straight line, so on and so forth. They they reassigned that to the right stick, um, and it actually works out pretty well. Uh, I haven't I haven't run into any issues where it's like I can't draw this thing because the right stick doesn't work right. Obviously, the tablet probably made things easier, and I have not played it in handheld mode yet. It's just been on my TV, so I haven't tried to see Can you draw in handheld? It. I yeah. think you can, yeah. So um, I, was, I was wondering, because like, that game was all about drawing, so I'm like, huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think as long as you're in console mode or playing with the joysticks, it's all mapped to your right stick, okay. uh, which, like I said, it, it Very Okami. works really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then if you're in handheld mode, I think you can just touch the screen and get all the drawings that you need. Um, but what I really enjoy about this particular game is that, you know, it doesn't just in most games, you know, you, you play as this character uh, that the game assigns to you. And, and that's kind of it. And then you pick up party members along the way and, and you move forward. But in Wonderful 101, they made it so that you feel like you're actually involving a lot of like. The civilians and things like that so you when you're running around you'll see a bunch of people who are like in trouble and if you go and rescue them it's almost like they've been reinvigorated and they're like oh my gosh i want to help too and so you you capture them by drawing a circle around them and they all don the masks the little black like oh, they're almost like persona masks um and they become part of your group uh and obviously the the goal is to have a hundred of you guys running around and and fighting things. Um, but where the game kind of surprised me is, and I, I probably shouldn't be because Platinum's pretty known for having very difficult games, but this game is hard. Yeah. I'm playing on the normal difficulty and I'm getting my butt kicked in a lot of these areas. They really require you to know a lot of the mechanics and use them effectively. And if you don't, or and just try and kind of like, button mash away like an action rpg or something uh it does not work well there's um there's different counter mechanics that they have uh there's different kinds of uh weapons that are good for certain creatures and things like that um it's been insane uh but i i'm i'm really loving it Uh, the story is you know i can take it or leave it but uh it's endearing and the characters kind of make it a lot more fun um Anna, you might appreciate that the uh, wonderful or wonder green is uh, French, so he speaks with a Hoorah. heavy French accent. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been really good. I think I'm so. I said the game was hard. Um, it's also really long, so each mission is broken up into like all these little submissions. So, uh, mission one zero A was like. 10 missions all in one and i'm only on mission one zero b so it's it's takes a while to get through this stuff but it's been uh, a blast and i'm I'm really enjoying it Uh, it's got all of the you know nuances and and humor that you'd expect from a platinum game and uh it looks good uh 
the the graphical style on it wasn't all that complex to begin with, but I think they uh, smoothed it out a little bit more. Um, a lot of the I don't know what you call it whenever your your camera is looking at a certain area and that part's clear, but like if it's in the background, it's a little fuzzy. Um, is that like bokeh? Bokeh, okay. yeah. Yeah, something. Yeah, so uh, that, depth that of field is the is the term that's usually used in okay. video games. Yeah. Yes. So the depth of field looks really uh, crisp. You know, the things that are in focus look amazing, and then the things that are out of focus, uh, they it, it adds a lot to, I guess, the being able to accentuate kind of what you're what you're supposed to be focused on. Um, I will note that some of the creatures that you fight are definitely bizarre. Uh, I posted one on Twitter that looked like a scorpion with a vagina face. So um, <laughs> be prepared for some very weird things. If you've played Persona, you're probably used to this kind of stuff because there's a lot of, there's a lot of phallic uh, references in Persona. But if you've never played anything like this and you pick up Wonderful 101 because you're like, oh my God, this game looks so cute and my kids would love it. Uh, yeah, maybe you just want to uh, filter that before you give it to your kids because, yeah, it can be a little, um, a little strange. But I'm enjoying it. I'm having, having a lot of fun. Just tell them it's a rocket ship. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's a rocket ship. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, so that, that was what I, uh, I, I noted. I was like, you know, all of this, all of these creatures that are coming to attack this planet are all from space. So I'm like, this is literally a, a space vagina uh, <clears throat> scorpion. So, or... Something along those lines. I forget how I said it in the tweet, but yeah. I'm sure it was very clever. It's, it's good. Yeah, it was you know. <laughs> it was on par for it was on par for me, so five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> would tweet again. Yeah. Five out of ten would probably read this again, maybe. <laughs> That's it. I my my games have been kinda light. I'm I'm happy to just be playing Fantasy Star with Chris. Happy to be playing anything with Chris. Yeah. Wait. What? Why don't you? Um, we could have played other things. Kelly and Josh. Why don't you, you play Civ with us? You guys have been playing a game together. Um, Not together. Well, you guys have both been playing a game. Technically, what? it's like the same series. Yeah. But that's okay. Um. So I've been playing Xenoblade One. I didn't get. Um... I'm still very much like in the opening bits of the game because I just haven't had much time to play it and when I do play it I just like all I want to do is side quests that's it just like nothing but side quests like give me all the side quests in this game because they're so fun to do and so easy to do except when I gotta reset the time over and over again because I need a thunderstorm (laughs) hey at least you can yeah um if, if you've played Xenoblade, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, there's, like, entire threads dedicated to generating a thunderstorm, but I digress. <laughs> uh, th- this game is beautiful, y'all. I I just can't get over just how, how, just how awesome the scenery is and, like, actually seeing the, of the other titan, like, from the edge of cliffs and the sword that... Later on, you get to go to that's sticking out of the Titan. You see that sword? Yeah, you can go there. You can go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. I don't know if it's the art style or what, but I definitely think Definitive looks better than Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think it's the art style. They, well, that and they split up Xenoblade Chronicles Two into different Titans, so you mm-hmm. 
you really don't get that sense of scale. I mean, it's, it, the game is still huge, but not like Xenoblade 1 was. No. Nah. You, you don't have that draw distance way off where you can just see the, the Titan off in the distance and you just, you know, eventually you're going to make it there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I love the crap out of that game. I, I do want to finish, finish it eventually, even though it's probably going to take me a million years to finish it because of, you know, other stuff I'm playing right now. But the nice thing about that game is that because of the quest system and stuff, you can always jump back into it. It does a really good job of that. And then it also had that that huge web of all the different NPCs and like telling you like all their connections to one another and mm-hmm. giving you the little bit of day, you know information about all the different NPCs to keep all that stuff straight. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, I don't know if you want to go into Xenoblade 2 yet. Uh, I can. I mean, I haven't I, I've just been plugging away at it. I'm up to like chapter eight now. Um, a couple of times I have been frustrated with it a few, few times, like mostly, especially after playing definitive where they fix some of those issues, like, and I can't remember if it's just been, you know, it's been six or seven years since I played the original Xenoblade, but I I remember at times in the original Xenoblade getting frustrated where, um, the maps in Xenoblade are terrible, especially when there's elevation differences, when you just mm-hmm. cannot figure out where the hell you're supposed to go. And it oh, feels yeah. like that's a it feels like that's a lot worse in Xenoblade Chronicles too. There've been a bunch of times when I've had to go online to try and figure out how on earth to get somewhere. It's just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm a thousand whatever away from where I need to go, and it says it's down, and I have no clue how to get there. <laughs> Or I'm uh, the I mean, one of the worst parts, um, I mean, I think it was back in like chapter four or something in the abandoned factory. You're in this industrial factory. Everything's gray. Everything looks the same. And it's like five or six different stories. And you just, you know, like you've got a point on the map, you know what direction you're supposed to go to. But you have no clue like what level of the factory you need to be on to get to that point. And that was just incredibly annoying and frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I know exactly what you're talking about in that game. It's on that desert titan, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that whole area was just a nightmare to navigate through. But yeah, it's worth navigating through because there's rare mobs there and all kinds of treasure chests and stuff. Yeah. See, I've been kind of doing the opposite of you in Xenoblade Chronicles too. I've been actually just basically playing it on easy and uh, just crit pathing it and kind of ignoring a lot of the side quests. So it's kind of weird for me, but like, yeah, I've been getting through quite a bit of the game that way. The funny thing is that I told myself, okay, I just want to get through Xenoblade one again to get, to get a refresher on the story. I'm not going to do any side quests. And then when I found out that they completely fixed the side quests so that they're not annoying, it's like, Oh my God, I'm actually having fun (laughs) doing side quests. I need to do them all. (laughs) There were plenty of times in the first one when I got so distracted. It on sounds doing like all I should play quests. the second one before the first one's remake, though, because the si- I think you should. Yes, because the yes. si- side quests are so much better in the first one now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the first game is just better now than the than Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Wow, well, like I feel like it. I feel like it is a step back. <laughs> well, maybe in a couple of years we'll get Xenoblade One de- definitive edi- or Xenoblade Two definitive edi- oh, edition. Now with Torna built in. <laughs> yeah, really. That actually wouldn't be a bad idea. All right. 
the only other thing that's kind of bugged me is like there's a couple of different times and there's this one uh, battle. I think it's like the third time you face Zeke. If you have this one person in your party, she won't fight Zeke. But instead of just swapping in the other character into your party, it's like, nah, you're just going to have a two-on-one fight against Zeke. And it's insanely difficult battle. And I don't know, like, there was, like, conflicting stuff on the internet of whether you could ever get the third person back in your party. party. And I couldn't get the stuff to work, so I eventually just had to, like, give up and go back to an earlier save and just, like, lose an hour of progress and just get get back there with and make sure I didn't have the person who leaves your party not in. And then I had a regular three-on-one fight with Zeke, and I just wiped the floor with him. It was crazy how difficult it was, the, the difference in difficulty between two party members and three. Because that game is just balanced around having a you know an attacker, a tank, and a healer, mm-hmm. and so when you've only got two, it becomes really challenging to kind of balance. Can like, I ask a question, okay, Josh? Gonna... Yeah, why why yeah. do I suck at that game? Why am I so bad at doing the combos and getting them in the air and getting them to spin and all this stuff? Like, how how do I get good at Xenoblade Chronicles two? <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. I'm playing oh. it on easy this time. Yeah, I gotta b- bump it down to easy. I, I just remember in the first game it was like lots of grinding. That's how I handled mm-hmm. it, and it was like. And I remember in the first one it was, I'd have to experiment with which, which of the party members it, the AI was doing a bad job of uh, using. Like I just remember having to, like at certain points I'd have to swap over to Melia because it like the AI was obviously doing a bad job controlling her, or there were certain fights where like the AI was doing a bad job of tanking and you'd have to take over and kind of control that character, you know, whoever your tank was that that's my memory of Xenoblade Chronicles one was like that. That was the problem in that game. Just every once in a while, the AI just wouldn't do a, a good job in a, in one of those huge boss battles with one of the different jobs. And you do, it would just be crazy how much easier it would be if you would take over and do it instead of the AI. Yeah. It has seemed like the AI is, in that respect, is much better in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 than the original. Mm-hmm. The original had that problem bad, and this one I haven't really noticed it, except for these occasional times when either for story reasons or that, I don't know if that's a bug or what, where you just get stuck with a two-on-one fight, and then it's just like, oh man, it's really difficult to to to, to come up with a party balance that works against that. Mm-hmm. When, it's, when, when the fight is actually intended especially when the fight's intended to be a three-on-one fight (laughs) but you've been playing other stuff kelly you've been playing more ease yeah um i haven't gotten very far in ease either because of the game that i finished this week but i'll get to that in a second i i'm still playing ease i just i'm about like 50 percent of the map explored right now and trying to figure out how to get across the river to the primeval tower which i want to say is about a third of the game give that it sounds take. right sounds yeah because right. i just uh d- did the um quest with the spartas and the, why the river was being poisoned and then got um went back to the main town hub and then got the one um tribe girl in, in my party whose name i'm completely blanking on Karna? Uh, yeah, Karna. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know if 
that's another game that I'm going to be kind of picking at over the course of a couple of month, weeks or months or however, mainly because um, JRPG July starts next week. And I'm going to be starting, well, actually, I'm going to be starting up Trails of Cold Steel 3 tonight because I'm going to fire up the demo and get get through that so that when the game gets here on Tuesday, I can just go right into the story. Which um, I've, I haven't fight, went through the demo yet. And since your progress carries over, it's like, well, might as well play through the prologue. Yeah, that way I get a jump start. Yeah, it's like um, two or three hours too, so it's pretty pretty decent little, like uh, you know, taste of Cold Steel three for anyone who's curious. Mm-hmm. Um, what little I did play of um the Cold Steel three demo, though I like so far. I like how they kind of mapped all of the buttons to the uh, or all of the like the action buttons and stuff instead of going through a menu. Yeah. Uh, it it looks like it's gonna be fun. I can't wait for Tuesday to get here. Um, and yeah, funny thing, Anna, after you said not to worry about getting uh, shipping notifications, like as soon as I went to bed, I got a notice saying that my um, collector's edition shipped. Nice. <laughs> they were waiting for you. Nisa's yeah. store. She's not looking. Send it now. <laughs> I, I love Nisa, and I think they're a great company, but their store is a little disorganized. Yeah. And I shipping don't like... notifications don't happen in a timely manner. Yeah. I don't like that I have to email them to cancel an order. That always feels very embarrassing to me. Like, hey, um, I don't want your game anymore. Could you cancel? I don't know. Maybe that's just a me problem. But um, It's partially a limitation to the storefront um, okay. software that they use. It can do refunds, but it's messy. Yeah. And honestly, I, I think they do it that way, not to minimize the number of refunds, but to get a feeling for how many there are. Ah, uh, okay. Well, it, it's still annoying. But um, yeah. I, I finished a game this week. What'd you finish? Cool. I finished Stella Glow. Yay! So, did Who you was your have, waifu? Um, I kind of leveled all of them up evenly, so I missed out on maxing out one of them. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I didn't realize, I, I kind of miscalculated um, how many level ups I had and how to get the meter to go up, so I screwed that up, but that's okay. I still managed to finish the game, though out of curiosity, Anna, like how many times did it take you to get through that second form of the final boss? Um, I think it took me two or three times the first time that I played it. Okay. And then knowing what I was going into, I was able to one shot at the progressive playthrough. Okay. Because like that that boss was a nightmare because like every time you attack it, its turn speed speeds speeds up. So you have to, you have to slow it down by either using abilities or kind of stun lock it by um killing angels so that it'll waste turns trying to make more angels. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think the way that I had my party set up was I had a couple people that did really, really heavy AoE damage. And so I mostly occupied the boss with summoning. Yeah. Um, see, I was afraid to use AoE damage because up until that point, I didn't realize that they, the, they would like completely heal you when it went into the next form. Um, so I ended up using uh, Giselle as like well, my, my main damage dealer and then having Alto run around kill angels because he had a bonus to killing angels that every time he killed one, he got another turn. 
and then just using the witch, the rest of the witches to wipe the floor, which was annoying because I hadn't used Mortimort practically at all. So she was underleveled as hell. And Popo ended up being like my uh, dark horse because she became useful, so useful at the end of that game, which was just amazing. I wasn't even using her at the beginning because she was so squishy. Yeah, you get a couple of good skills on her, and, like, she can get kind of cray. Yeah, and then um, Hilda is crazy OP no matter what. Yeah. And she was my uh, make-the-boss-slow-down person, and then I had, um, I'm I'm blanking on his name now, the tank guy, Alistar. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the, the the tank, the guy in heavy armor. I had him in there, but his because his movement was so limited and he wasn't uh, blocking anything like he normally did in other fights. He was just pretty much useless. Um, so that was the, the fight even before the final boss. And then the final boss fight wasn't that hard. It actually kind of reminded me of the final boss fight in Shining Force where you're dealing with um, like three different heads and two of them keep reviving each time but that was that was a cakewalk and then i i love the ending and i i sort of want to do a new game plus but i also want to move on to other things but i i gotta say stella glow is a gem of a game on the 3ds and if if you guys see if anybody listening sees that for cheap like at a GameStop or just in a used game store pick it up if you like strategy rpgs because you're not going to regret it it's a wonderful little game. What's Vaughn talking about? All these squares make a circle. Oh, he's quoting um, DBZ Revisited. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, or whatever that that thing that team that Four Star does. Oh, but it's because I said Popo. Oh. DBZ Abridged. Yeah, he's quoting Popo from DBZ Abridged. Okay. okay. See, I forget that you guys have never watched DBC. No, Bridge. sorry. Yeah, P- Popo is a little weird in that. Oh, iteration. he's weird in that. Okay, got it. Oh, good, good. Trust me, uh-huh. they, in that iteration, they crank his weird up to eleven. <laughs> but yeah, th- that's all I've been playing. Next week is pretty much going to be all trails, all the time. <laughs> all trails. I am so looking forward to I want you to like message me your thoughts as you're playing it because yeah. I've been messaging people my thoughts as I've been playing it. Josh has mm-hmm. been enjoying it. So yeah, I've been getting a lot of those. I'm like, no, I, I, oh, they kissed. Well, I was on Discord when Josh beat it and was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, what's happening? Like, I can't tell you. I can't <laughs> tell you. It's spoilery as hell, and it's awesome, and it's amazing, and oh my god, it's going to be hard waiting for the sequel, which, spoiler for news later, <laughs> but. Yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be my dilemma, too. It's like, I'm I'm wrapping up the game, and now I have the worst dilemma, because it's like, all right, if I want to continue the game on Switch, I get bonuses for having beaten the game on Switch. But if I want to wait less time then I have to play it on PS4. Cold Steel 4, I mean. Yeah. So I'm going to wait. I don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you the pecking order. It goes you, the dirt, 
the worms inside the dirt, Popo stool, Kami, then poop, Popo. Any questions? What? <laughs> I think we're mistaking Popo. Yeah, you guys really need to watch DBZ Abridged mainly so that when my husband's going off on this stuff, you'll actually understand what he's talking about. You don't mm. understand what Vaughn is talking about. Yeah, I'm married to him, and I don't even understand half the time, so. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Any other games that people want to talk about? I'm I'll give pro- you something to talk about. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm probably going to start up Cold Sep Saga on 3DS just to give me something else to play since I can't, I don't really like bringing my Switch with me when I'm going around town. Since I'm, I'm like the passenger. It was a little too slow for me, but I hope it works out for you. I'm, yeah. I'm going to five-hour rule it just to see. No, um, that's fair. That's a good way of doing it. Because um, uh, J.C. Servant, Phil Willis really likes that series. And I don't know. I, I'm in the mood for something different. And I couldn't. The only, my only other choice was um, Paper Mario Dream Team. And I'm just not in a Paper Mario mood. I did start up uh, the, the new thing from the Danganronpa creator last night. Ooh, Death Comes Played True? Like, yeah, Death Comes True. So it did so, come out in English. Yes, it's it's out on Switch, Android, and iOS with like PC and PS4 to come sometime later this year. Kind of kind of odd. I saw that on the, uh, the shop and I was actually really interested, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you know anything about the setup. It is, they, they released a... Uh, kind of like a promo video for it, I don't know, like a month ago, and it was just an incredibly bizarre thing. It's an FMV no. game. <laughs> so instead of, you know, like Danganronpa Super Anime, no, this one is complete FMV, and you start out, you wake, the main character wakes up in a hotel room, the 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 phone is ringing, it's the front desk, and they tell him, like, okay, if you have any problems, come down to the front desk. If you have any, you know, like, if you have any issues or anything you don't understand, just come to the front desk. He wakes up. The t- He has amnesia. He can't remember who he is or what he's doing there or how he got to this, this really fancy, you know, giant suite hotel room. And the TV's on, and as, it, as it's going, his face pops up on the TV, <laughs> and it's because the police are looking for him in connection with a series of serial murders. Yeah. And so he's kind of freaked out and he goes to the bathroom to, I guess, kind of like, you know, like put some, uh, you know, like put some water on his face, kind of freaked out. And when he goes to the bathroom, there's a woman in the bathtub who's knocked out and tied up. So what? now he's like, uh oh, <laughs> maybe I am the serial killer and I can't remember. Oh, it. God. <laughs> So the game plays out. I mean, it's just a, it's an FMV game. So you're just watching. It's you know you're just watching a movie play out. Every so often, you you know get get to make like one of a couple of choices. You know, you'll decide to hide in a closet or to answer the door or something like that. And then most of the time, many many times, you'll it will end up in the main character dying. And then you'll just be able to, you actually get a little achievement for every time, all the different oh, ways your main character gets it's killed. It's 999 again, Anna. Woo! Or not 999, <laughs> it's uh, Shibuya Scramble again for you. Excellent. Yeah. 
And so then you start out, you know, you start again, and then it's, you know, trying to figure out how your way through it. And it definitely plays, I don't want to give too much away, but I mean, like, it plays a lot with your expectations. Like, I started out thinking, like, this was, like, a Groundhog Day, and pretty quickly it, you realize, like, no, nah, there's a lot more going on here than that. So it's not just playing the same the same section over and over again. It will start doing weird stuff. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it's all was... story, so it's like all spoilers, and I don't want to give too much away. But it is quite good and interesting so far. All right. Good. I didn't have to pick that up. No, I, no, I um, have to what's it called? What, what's it called? What, what system it's on? Death Comes True. It's on Switch, iOS, and Android. And Wait, it's made by the Danganronpa me? people or by the 999 guy? Uh, Danganronpa. Okay. Not 999. What were you yeah, gonna... I, no, I was going to say it, the reason I was so interested in it is because I actually played that uh, that game that was thank you, um, on Netflix that was similar to that. Oh, where it was like yeah, the Black a, Mirror one, interactive. Yeah, yeah, it was the Black uh, Mirror uh, Bandersnatch uh, or something like that. Yes, um, and it reminded me of that, and I actually really enjoy that kind of thing. You know, it's it's a a casual like my wife and I sat on the couch and just played through that and I was thinking I'd do something similar where I'd pick this up and we would just sit down and kind of go through the story of it together um does it does it seem like it's it's linear in that it it no matter what you pick you're going to end up kind of at the same situation or is it like uh, more of like a choose your own where if you choose certain things, then you might actually end up on a different path altogether. It, it certainly seems like there are different paths. I'm like, I played like okay. an hour and a half, two hours of it last night and probably like half, what I understand, I'm like about halfway through it. It's it's okay. like, it, it's kind of like four or five hours, which is pretty typical for like an FMV game. You know, it's designed to be played in like one or two sittings. If I do but yeah, this, does it mean anything, does it mean to, anything you? to you? <laughs> Contradiction. Best FMV game in a while. <laughs> Sorry. Way outside of the loop on that one. I don't... Oh, you haven't played Contradiction? <laughs> you know, well, oh. we didn't play it either. We watched Giant we Bomb watched play Giant it. We watched Giant Bomb play it. <laughs> but it was great. And then, and then so at least stupid. one of us bought it. It's so good. If you like, F- if you like cheesy FMV so games... Cheesy. It is the game for you, and it's it's really good. The acting is like over the top in the way that is like that a it good, should be. Yeah. yeah, it's it's over the top in the appropriate amount that you don't like. Ugh, you're like ooh. Oh, so stupid. Sorry. Go ahead. Gosh. All right. Sorry. sorry. No, I think sorry. that's about all I had to say. Like, if you're interested, you know, if you enjoy the Danganronpa games, like this is the next interesting thing from that director. So worth checking out for whatever it is, like 15 bucks, I think, on the Switch. I don't know if the Android and iOS is less or not. I'm not sure about that. Simon just chatted to the PSO2 ship. (laughs) What are we doing, Anna? Simon the cat? Simon my cat, yes. Okay. What are you doing, Anna? Um, I think we're ready for the feedback. Feedback! We don't have a noise for feedback, so we'll go... Meow. That's our new Meow. feedback. Meow. 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 Now we're all Simon's cat. <laughs> all right. Um, so we asked people, have you ever regretted a game or console purchase because of a port later on? 
Um, for example, buying a Vita one week before Persona 4 Gold dropped on PC. And it's funny because one person tweeted us and like, that is an oddly specific example. <laughs> it happened. Because the, they tweeted us. That was a story that someone had told us last week. That's why that was used. It was yeah. it was an oddly specific example because it happened to someone. <laughs> so yeah. we got some answers on Twitter. Um Ninji says Trails of Cold Steel 3. I mm. bought the PS4 collector's edition and then they turned around and announced it would be coming to Switch. It's like timed so perfectly. Uh, yeah, that was a little frustrating. I hope they don't do that again. Mm, I'm sure they will. Uh, Gamer to the will. right says I have dozens of games at this point that have sat in my backlog long enough to get remakes and remasters, including Nino Kuni, the Atelier Dust Trilogy, and more. My biggest regret is importing Dragon Quest XI 3DS three days before they announced the Switch port would have 2D mode. <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate so um and then we got some answers on the podcast thread um matt uh from our staff platy m3 writes in and says no regrets if i'm buying something full price i play it immediately and get my enjoyment when i want it most if it's something i buy on sale that gets ported later no biggie because i'm only out five or ten bucks my policy to pretty much eventually resell every game and console i buy keeps me uh keeps regrets from popping up um, Crawl writes in and says, I don't really regret it, but I picked up a secondhand new 3DS and a copy of Xenoblade 3D right before the definitive edition for Switch was announced. What makes it worse is that I still haven't even started it on 3DS, so I could have just waited for the Switch port anyways. At least I have lots of other... Oh, I have lots of options now for JRPG July. Xenoblade Chronicles 3D or Fire Emblem Awakening on 3DS, Trails in the Sky SC on PSP, and Dragon Quest XI S on Switch. That's a lot of good choices. Any suggestions out of those, panel? Man, those are all really good picks. Uh, Fire Emblem. Uh, Yeah, My first instinct is Fire Emblem. Yeah, if you haven't played Awakening, yeah, you ought to play Awakening. All right. Um, Shaman writes in and says, Regarding the Isle of Armor, the Alolan starter you get is based on your original starter. I played Stored, but started with Sopple, so I got a Poplio. Yeah, I learned that later. Um, yeah. uh, question of the week. I traded Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE to help pay off a Switch and bought it digitally with Christmas 2018 money, thinking it would never get preserved on Switch. I didn't actually get around to playing it until Encore came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So we're going to ask our question of the week a little bit later in the show because Uh-oh. it's going to be... Um, part of a conversation near the end of the show. All right, so we actually have a surprising amount of news for the middle of June with New E3, but um, all these digital events are starting to pour down news that is relevant to our interests. Um, so a lot of this is going to, uh, a lot of the headlines this week came out of the New Game Plus Expo, which happened New on Game Tuesday. Plus. Were you and a sponsor so, of that? Uh, one of my clients was in it. <laughs> one of your clients you, you can, can probably guess, guess which one yeah. yeah all right so first thing um we had a lot of editorial content this week so first we have a that's dusk. not news that's opinions yes that's why we put it before it's part of the news shut up okay dusk diver um is that is like a, steel diver it's a persona like okay um but not as good Hey, that's a qualitative judgment. 
Well, the... I, I expect my news to all be um, subjective. Uh, objective. <laughs> something. <laughs> it is a game. So we, we gave it three out of five. Um, it's, uh, you, you should read the review to see why we did that. But basically, it's, it's like a, a neat musu with persona style aesthetic. A meat musu? A, a. I want to play a meat musu. A muso like. Oh. Just collect with, all the meat and make a thing. Uh, muso like. All right. With uh, persona vibes, but uh, lacks development. Uh-huh. All right, carrying on, we have an Ease Memories of Celsetta review on PS4, because that recently came out. Good, three and a half out of five. Um, see why Pascal didn't like the silent narrative. Didn't trope. Memories of Celsetta come out years ago? Yeah, on PSP. Yeah. And what is this one? Later, Switch? PS4. Is this a Switch one? No, this PS4! PS4! Oh. Ow. So it's Switch. A little Switch? louder for the friends in the back. Switch? <laughs> She's yelling. She's trying to punish me by yelling, but she doesn't realize she just hurt all the listeners. <laughs> and sorry, me, listeners. You that should hurt. be. And and Kelly. <sighs> now on to actual Switch games. <laughs> I was gonna say. We have a, a review for, for Brigandine, The Legend of Runergia. Uh This is a sequel to the PlayStation One game. It also yep. got a three and a half out of five. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's I'm planning on playing it, but I can see why it would turn some people off. So read the review to see if it's a good fit for you. Um, we also had an interview um, with the Romancing Saga Reuniverse producer Masanori Ichikawa. So if you want to see what sort of questions we plucked his brain with, check out that interview. And then Sam put up her next edition of Backlog in the Year 2020. So Sam does this uh, four times a year, gives us three, uh, four updates a year, uh, three months at a time. And she's been playing a lot of stuff, and I hope she plays Link Between Worlds next. And then uh, we also have our introduction to JRPG July 2020. Yay! I'm playing one right now. So we have. We got it up early this year so we could have like five updates. Three, four, five, six, seven. It's like July is too short for a feature on JRPGs. (laughs) Since they all take too long. We have 12 staff members that are going to be participating. Kelly, you're not in here. Kelly. Yeah, I always forget to do the write up, so I'm just going to be live, like tweeting updates and stuff. Okay. So we have 12 people plus a couple of stragglers participating. Did you just call Kelly a straggler? Yes. Yeah. She's not going to be part of the write up. She's going to be, but she's going to be part of the event. Um, We do this predominantly over Twitter where we can hashtag JRPG July. Um, that's, that's kind of the simplest way, but you can participate. We are going to be looking for fans who are also participating in hashtag JRPG July. If you put hashtag JRPG July in your tweets, we will see them. You can also at RPGamer at the end of your tweets, and that will make them even more evident to us. We're going to be pulling up, um, various stories from people, um, that are participating in JRPG July so that you not only get the staff side of things, but you also get a little bit of our reader side of things. So please look forward to it. We are very And excited. is this a good way to get my sponsored content published on RPGamer.com? <sighs> no. Oh, okay. Cool. I've got... 
I have had, I, I think I've had 12 emails asking to buy sponsored articles this week alone. I don't know what it is about this week. That's the economy right now, I guess. It's all sponsored articles. $20. I don't really get it. Get it? I'm flipping. Oh, wait, they're up to $20 offers? Isn't that exciting? It used to be like seven fifty. so yeah, that's a One big deal. One person offered us $5 an article, and it was like, yeah, you can go. No. Away. That's insulting, and still no. If you would like to spend $5,000 on ads, let's talk. Otherwise, go away. <laughs> we have a price. It's just way higher than you want to pay. <laughs> you don't want to do it for the exposure? <laughs> if I pulled down the phrase every they're the one, We're arms. the ones That's exposing ourselves right. or something. You know what I mean. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. They are, um, I'll pay you. I'll pay you five hundred dollars to take down anything you have on the Witch in a Hundred Night. Sold. <laughs> Anna, get on <laughs> that. Take, Set that up. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what we did with Ecos. So I mean, it's not outside of the realm. <laughs> Excellent. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start the uh, PayPal transaction. Somebody was like, "It will give you a PS2 to give away if you cover Eco." It's like, sure. And they gave us a, a, an extra unit, but I. I can't remember which staff to not cover it. And then, yeah, so we got a unit for for the staff to Mm -hmm. review stuff with, and then we got one to give away. And 365 days to the day that we did that, we deleted all eco content from the site Mm. (laughs) very quietly. I have since worked with the person who set that up, and I still never told them. (laughs) Anna. All right, um, news! Yeah, so most of this comes from New Game Expo Plus. All right, Trails of Cold Steel 4 has a release date on PlayStation 4. Oh, I'm sorry. I touched Simon the wrong way. He cried. <gasps> Bad touch. Um, or, yes, so you know. we have a release date for um, PlayStation 4 in North America and Europe. It's going to be October 27th, 2020. So that's only four months to wait if you're a PS4 or if you're a PS4 player. If you want to play it on PC or Nintendo Switch, you gotta wait until 2021. So this is what we were talking about earlier in that Kelly and I are kind of at this weird dilemma where it's like, I've played it on Switch, but if I want to continue playing it on Switch, I have to wait longer. But oh no, there's a huge plot twist at the end of the game. Am I going to want to wait? I guess I'm going to have to play it all the way to the end and then decide. Yeah, yeah. Oh my Tell gosh, me what Emma. you think once you get to the actual end. Yeah. All right. Um, also, the Nihon Falcom, the developers, are working on a new title in the series called The Legend of Heroes Hajimari no Kisaki, um, which picks up after Trails of Cold Steel 4. That's coming to Japan um, PS4, August 27th, 2020. Um, so, in order to avoid spoilers, um, Hajimari is divided basically into three main storylines which take place in three different areas of the world mm. and then they come together kind of like um it was a dragon quest game that did that uh four was it four or five no it was four okay five's yeah. the one with the ages right with the with the girls four is yeah. the one that we randomly play as torneco and have to sell stuff yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, there is also a remake of the Crossbell Duality 
Um, but neither um, Hajimari no, nor the the Crossbell duo have been announced for localization, probably because um, while they were announcing Trails of Cold Steel 4, they also revealed that E's 9 Monstrum Nox is headed to North America and Europe on PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch in 2021. If you are interested in picking up the uh, collector's editions, they are available to pre-order now from the NIS America and Europe online stores. There's an art booklet. There's a digital soundtrack. There's um, reverse covers for the game. There's um, all sorts of collection soundtrack CD as well. Um, yeah. No, that's a right. Yeah. So it's this is both. weird. It's confusing. Yes, this is weird. So they're doing part digital, part physical for the physical collector's edition, where you get some art digitally, some art physically, some music digitally, some music physically. For uh, me, the, I don't care Falcom because I rip all the CD anyways. Uh, the Falcom soundtracks are usually like four or five CDs long, so it's not uncommon on these like special editions. They like give you one of them on on CD and then still want you to buy the other four. That's kind of usually how they do it. (laughs) All right. Next up in the new game plus expo news, Shiren, the Wanderer, the tower of fortune and the dice. This series back. Yeah. So this originally came out on the Nintendo DS in 2010. Oh, it's a remake. And then an enhanced version came out on the Vita in 2015. And that one was, published by Axis Games. So this one, Spike Chunsoft is doing it themselves. It's coming to PC and Nintendo Switch. I don't think we have a release date yet. No. Yeah, it's just, Uh, hey, it's coming. And I assume no word on whether they're using the Axis localization or doing doing a new one. Yeah, that's a question mark, too. 2020 is, I think, the best and most up-to-date information we have for those. All right. Yeah. Um, next out of Nisa. Sorry, we're jumping back and forth between companies. Um, Nisa and Yummy Yummy Tummy has announced Fallen Legion Revenants. So for those of you who may or may not remember, Fallen Legion was originally a game that was split, and half of the title was on Vita, and half of it was on PS4. And then the half that was on Vita was later ported to the PS4. And then after that, Nisa picked up the title and put both halves out on Nintendo Switch. Follow me so far? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Revenants is the sequel to those dual games. And it will be coming to PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch in 2021. So Doesn't this have a Valkyrie profile-esque combat? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's fun. I liked what I played of it. I didn't get super far. I I need to go back to it. Um, This is actually made by... So Yummy Yummy Tummy Tummy is the company that um, Spencer Yip owns. And if you're like, that name is vaguely rattling around in my head, he used to own Silicon Era. Ah. So he, like a lot of people, was a hobbyist journalist, then jumped into... Uh, the game industry from that point. He actually has a couple of games that are going to be coming out, but I think that's the only one that's been announced. I, I had to blink for a minute. I thought you said Silicon Knights, not Silicon Era. No, Silicon yeah. Era. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? I thought that was Genestiac. Um, So um, Koji Igarashi 
Um, and NT creates kind of out of nowhere, surprise, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. Is this made by the same people as the Curse of the Moon 1, which yes. is not the same as who made Bloodstained? Correct. Right? I think. Yeah. So this is NT creates. Okay. The Gunvolt people. Yes. So they announced, so this is uh, the 8-bit 8-bit 2D side-scrolling aesthetic like Curse of the Moon 1 and like old um, Castlevania games. Um, so they announced new characters. Um, Zangetsu the Swordman, Dominic uh, who wields a spear, Robert who's a sharpshooter, and Hachi who is a mech armor pilot. And a dog. And a dog. Corgi to be exact. <laughs> So, Curse of the Moon was originally a stretch goal for the uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night Kickstarter. Um, Curse of the Moon 2 is coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC soon. Also, Zangetsu isn't new. He was in Curse of the Bloodstained. Oh, my Um, God. Yeah. He was the one that was voiced by David Hayter. Oh, he wants to be quiet, but his ass cheeks keep clapping. Yeah, what? something like that. I don't remember. David Hater Snake, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a very famous clip of him using his snake voice to say very silly things. Oh, okay. And one of them is uh, something like, I keep trying to sneak quietly, but my ass cheeks keep clapping in this outfit. Uh Okay. Um, Re-Zero, The Prophecy of the Throne, was announced by Spike Chunsoft. And that's the short version of the title. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot more punctuation in the full title. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to try. No, don't even bother. Um, So this game is coming to PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch this winter with uh, Numbskull Games distributing the game in Europe. So it will be available digitally on all platforms, um, and there will be a day one edition and a collector's edition coming to both PS4 and Nintendo Switch via quote-unquote selected retailers in both North America and Europe. If you're interested in picking up the day one edition, it's $60, 50 euros, and that gets you a copy of the game and a set of four character pins in a display box. If you're all in for the collector's edition, that will run you $90 or 80 euros. You get a physical copy of the game, the set of four character pins and a display box, a steel steel book case, an original soundtrack CD, and a full color art book. And they're billing it as a tactical adventure game, whatever that means. I have no idea. What? What? So um, this is based on the light novel series um, ReZero starting life in another world um, where you are a random schlub that has been summoned into a fantasy world. Oh, an isekai. Yeah. And they've also confirmed that it will have both the original Japanese voice acting as well as um, English voice acting. Um, Rogue Legacy 2 um, is... Yeah. Um, it's in early, early access, access right now. now. Oh, is or, it in early access now? Yeah, it's cool. already out. That's right. So it's coming to the Epic Game Store and Steam fully on July 23rd, 2020. Um, 
and they introduced a new family. Okay. So um, they are also adding new traits. So this, oh, right, this was the game that you were playing, Chris, and you were like, oh, colorblindness. <laughs> that shouldn't be too bad. Mm-hmm. Everything was in terrible grayscale. Yeah, when I played that game, I tried to avoid that trait as well as the blurry one. But yeah, now so you, get... you you picked nearsighted at one point as well, Chris. I like the one where everything was upside down. And what was up with that? That was great. <laughs> um. So new traits include associative agnosia, hyperflatulence, pure diva, and terrible cook. <laughs> To incentivize players to embrace debilitating traits, the new universal health care system what? introduces a gold gain modifier that increases rewards proportionally to your risk. Nice. <laughs> um, they the are that, also... uh, sorry, ahead. the trait that I thought was Dinatus was synesthesia, where everything has color trails. Oh, yeah. So we actually have a friend that has synesthesia. So she does art, unsurprisingly. Uh-huh. <laughs> every, every summer, she, like, flits away to Iceland to do art for wow. a season. She's really cool. <laughs> um, they are also introducing new biomes that randomly regenerate upon each death. This will include a new vertical dungeon called the Sun Tower. And they are also introducing offshore banking. That will what? allow you to place. Uh, that will allow you to store gold between runs. Mm. Ooh, that'll be nice. <laughs> Avoid those taxes in the in the fantasy world. There you go. Um, so I also I also saw that there's a couple of new classes like um, ranger and cook and s- something else. I didn't. Yeah. See so the idea is is when it enters early access, it's going to have four classes available. There's going to be 12 in the game, and every class will now have a unique weapon associated with them. Ah, I don't think that it precludes them from using other weapons, but I guess it makes them stronger if they use their class weapons. Yeah, because in in the original, it was just everything used swords, even though they, like they said, ranger and magician or whatever. Right. That original game, like, I loved it, but it made me so mad at the same time. Uh, more announcements. Um, we have a North American and European release date for Death and Request 2. Um, this game is coming to PlayStation 4 and PC via Steam on August 25th, 2020, and the European PS4 version coming August 28th. If you want to slap down for the $100 collector's edition, you will get a physical copy of the game on PS4, a digital copy of the game on PC, a deluxe pack download code, including digital art books, wallpapers, digital soundtrack, and a PC theme. The Chronicle of Lacora 64-page art cover book. A 24-track soundtrack CD. A canvas bag. Take my canvas bag to the supermarket. Um, the Death and Request 1.5 visual novel. Or novel. The, the book. It's an actual physical book. Um, trading cards and a box to store everything in. Um, so I feel like this came out of nowhere and yet somehow it didn't. The no surge games are getting 
remakes. Oh, we better sell uh, that one we have. Yeah, so CL No Surge DX and R No Surge DX have been announced. CL No Surge was the one that never came out here, right? Because right. it started as a cell phone game yeah. and then got a Vita port. So that it's never CL No Surge Ushinawareta Hoshi Isasaguda Ota. Ode to a Lost Star. And R No Surge Ode to an Unborn Star. Uh, platforms and release windows have not been announced. Um, although you can check out a little trailer of it. Um, so the games together are considered the Surge Concerto, and they are loosely connected to the R Tanelico timeline. CL No Surge was originally released for Beta in Japan um, in 2012 as an online title. They finally released an offline version in 2014, but that was never released outside of Japan. R No Surge was the sequel that did come out in North America and Europe. It was originally released for PS3 in 2014 with a Plus version released on Vita in 2015. All right. Um, Tales of Arise has been potentially infinitely delayed. Um, yeah, so this is this is weird. So this is a game that had a release date and then it got pushed back to a generic 2020 release. And now it's um, here. Here's the letter that was put out for everyone who has been patiently waiting Tales of Arise. As you may have seen in media stories and on our social media channels, we have made the decision to delay the launch of Tales of Arise. The goals for Tales of Arise is to provide a familiar but innovative gameplay experience to fans of the series while pushing the envelope to deliver a high level of graphical quality to impress long-term players and those who have never played a Tales game. Development on this title has moved steadily forward in 2020 as we overcome challenges along the way. While COVID has affected some aspects of development, we've done our best to adapt to the situation and have implemented remote development capabilities for our team. However, to achieve the quality we envision for our players, we will need more time to realize this vision, and therefore we have decided to delay the launch. A new window will be provided once we have more details to share. <laughs> Thank you for your patience and support for Tales of Arise. So yeah, this is a game that is in development for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. But to go from, we definitely have a date to is not a great sign. No. It, it's no. been quite a while since there's been a Tales game, a mainline Tales game to come out, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Not since uh, Berseria? Yeah. 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 Tales of Bersitis. Yeah, so it's been two or three years because they, they did that. They were doing, like, cranking out almost one a year and then they kind of just took a step back to kind of uh, improve quality and that sort of stuff. And, and to do remakes? Boy. Yeah, yeah. all that too. All right, so CD Projekt Red um, is doing a series of videos called Night City Wire, which is um, presentations that are around Cyberpunk 2077. And they also announced an anime. <laughs> of course the they point. did. <laughs> so the hey, they, first... They, they... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah they, paired up... yeah, they paired up with Trigger, so they paired up with a big studio to do it 
<laughs> yeah, there's there's some big names behind this, so I'm I'm going to talk about that shortly. But the first Night City Wire presentation is 25 minutes long and includes a new trailer, a look at the game's interactive and narrative brain dance mode, and interviews with lead quest designer Powell Sasko and senior quest designer Patrick Mills. Also, I guess they showed off the way you can customize characters, and there are six penis sizes and one vagina size. All right, so what? I feel sad. What? what? In what? Cyberpunk 2077. Why is that in there? <laughs> so a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of journalists were given early access to the game, and uh, the embargo for that lifted recently, I believe. So if you are interested in consuming all of the Cyberpunk 2077, there is lots of it out there for you to consume at the moment. Yes. And then the second thing they did was announce Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is an anime series based Cyberpunk off Edge Lords? Yes, based off the world of the game. So this is being created by Studio Trigger in partnership with Netflix. So it is directed by Hiroyuki Imashi, who did Kill la Kill. Assistant director Masahiko Otsuka, who did Promare. Um, creative director Hiromi uh, Wakabayashi, who also did Kill a Kill, and the character designer Yo Yoshinari, who did Little Witch Academia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I didn't well, watch they Kill a Kill. Maybe it could anime, be. So. Yes, but like Little Witch Academia and Kill a Kill are kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch Kill a Kill. Is that? It's not it's about something. school. It's no, no. It is not about little girls at school. Okay. Oops. It's a lot of underboob. It's very well, edgy. Yeah. Oh well, then they've got the right studio. Oh yeah, and the screenplay is being written by a bunch of people, including Akira Yamaoka, who uh, wrote some of the scenarios in the Silent Hill series. So the anime is planning to be out in 2022. And in case you forgot, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Google Stadia on November 19th. The PS4 and Xbox One versions will be payable on PS5 and Xbox Series X when those uh, consoles launch later in the year. And a free upgrade will be available for both, which will launch at a later time. All right. Um... In a completely different direction, The Life and <laughs> Suffering of Sir Bronte is a narrative-driven RPG told through the journal of the protagonist, Sir Bronte. This is set in a fantasy world where the twin gods determine fate of all people based on what caste they are born into, either noble, clergy, or lowborn. Sir Bronte is a lowborn knave, and the players can choose whether he accepts the hand that is dealt to him or if he shall rise up against the system. Uh, through the game, you have the opportunity to develop your skills, which impact his personality and relationships, unlocking storylines and abilities. And they have a resurrection system, so should you happen to die along the way, you can keep your experience and make a different decision. How convenient! Um, I actually watched the trailer for this, and it looks really interesting. Yeah. Um, my only bummer is that it looks like it's going to be PC exclusive, but I might have to actually play it on PC because it looks cool. Oh, it, nothing's PC exclusive anymore. It all, everything eventually gets a Switch port. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything. Most everything. 
This right. does look really cool. It, it looks like my kind of jam, definitely. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sincerely interested in this, and I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching it uh, as, as we hear more about it. Um, you guys almost ready for Bucket Party? Yeah, Ooh. I'm almost ready for Bucket Party. Two months to go until Bucket Party. Bucket. Very ready. So Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition is going to launch on August 27th, 2020. And the same day, there is going to be Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition Light Edition coming out for PS4, Nintendo Switch, iOS, and Android. So here's the deal. If you have the full game, you get um, to play cross-platform, multiplayer, um, single-player, multiplayer, blah, 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 blah. If you have the Lite Edition, which you can download for free on all the systems, PS4, Nintendo Switch, iOS, and Android, you can play multiplayer as long as at least one person in your party has the full version of the game. Okay. Does that make sense? uh... So if you have the full-priced game, you can play the single-player campaign, and you can play multiplayer cross-platform. If you have the free edition of the game, you can play multiplayer as long as at least one person in your party, the host, I'm assuming, has the full version of the game. So, like, if all of us want to play, except Josh, because he's not cool. So if Chris (laughs) and me and Kelly and Peter want to play... And Josh is sitting on the sidelines crying. If Kelly owns the game, all of us could have the late edition and play together online. But only Kelly out of the four of us could play the single player story. Hmm. Make sense? Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of reminiscent from... of what uh, the DS used to do. With yeah. Like the six card multiplayer share. Right. Yep. Yeah. This, this just cracks me up because if you remember the big stink about the original game was that everybody had to have a, um, not 3DS a Game Boy Advance to be able to play multiplayer and people threw a huge fit about it and now the, now it's the light version and you don't even need to own the game isn't that awesome? yeah I thought about making a joke like the, the secret is that you have to own a Game Boy Advance to get the light version, but then I didn't want people to take me seriously. <laughs> so, yeah, I liked this game when it first came out. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, but my options for playing with people were a little limited. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked for this. Yeah, um, I got a multiplayer game of the original going like once in my lifetime. <laughs> wow. It right. feels like my success in getting people to play Civ. So I asked you to play Civ last night. Oh, and you, were you didn't starring. really want to play, though. I offered. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, Deck 13 has been purchased by Focus Home Interactive. What does Deck 13 make? Um, the Surge, The Surge 2, and um, Deck 13 is also a, has a publishing arm, and they're publishing, among other things, CrossCode. Oh, okay. So, which is still coming next month. I don't July believe it. When those pigs fly, 9th. I'll believe it. Yeah, so Dangan Entertainment is also on that one. Oh, I should get a review code. No, no, no. no. Okay. Um, hey, have you ever thought that Pokemon needs to break out of the mold? Yeah. 
All the time, actually. All right. Why? I have the game for you. Oh, good. How about a five-on-five five MOBA? What? Yeah, please. Can Pokemon I play it on, Unite. Can I download it on my PC now? Um, No, it's what? in development for Nintendo Switch and mobile devices. What do you mean? What? But it's a MOBA. Yes. I want a mouse and keyboard. Nope. In. What do you mean, no? Nope. I, no, you don't understand. Nope. I'm a MOBA player. You do things the way I want, not uh-uh. the way you want. That's nope. how MOBA... Then I ain't playing your game. Well, then you screw have no you. esports. Okay, fine. Screw you too. So I yeah, Pokemon have we just Unite have we just uh, have is, we just play acted as an accurate is, representation is, of the reaction to this game? You pretty much is a five on five MOBA in development for Nintendo Switch, iOS. Wait, wait, wait. There's another aspect we didn't we didn't do right. Um, oh, what? Wait. What do you mean this isn't a remake of a Pokemon game and and a new game and a or an expansion or another Pokemon? series what it's not black and white remastered what no what were people expecting i'm not gonna lie i was disappointed that it wasn't um let's go johto let's go johto right yeah Yeah. or let's go why isn't this let's go johto what is this this is a joke i don't want a moba i don't play mobas i play pokemon this isn't a pokemon game this is a moba pokemon doesn't make games in other genres even though i'm looking at the i'm looking at the camera right now like Okay. Yes, they I think do. I'm the only one who uh, probably get this. And I'm so excited! I'm going to play the heck out of this, or I'm at least going to yeah. try it, see if I like it. Um, I'm worried about the controls with my RSI because I I really do need a controller or something. I can't do mobas with my hands suspended in the air on an iPad, but we'll see how it goes. Um, maybe on the Switch will be just fine enough, right? Um. And I'm Peter, you like curious. MOBAs, so this should be good. Yeah, I played, um, I, I want to say it's Arena of Valor, I think was one. Yeah, that that's was the one on the iPad, on. iPhone, right? Yeah. yeah, it was on the phone, and then they moved it to the Switch, and it actually, the Switch controls worked out really well, so oh, I, I've got high hopes for this. Is this the people who made that, or is this a different company? Because I know yeah, this company so. makes MOBAs. Oh, the same people, yeah. well, no, Tim Tim, like, is the developer, though, right? Oh, oh, I don't know. Tim T, Tim, 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 Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, there's a lot of donuts in this game. Right, Anna? Huh? Uh, no. <laughs> it's uh, made by Tim Hortons, right? The developer no. is Tim Tim, Tim no. Timmy's. Okay, I'm, I'm moving double, on double. to the next story. But MOBA. So, oh, are you going to play Anna? Anna yeah. No. I, I was going to say, like, the only reason why I was disappointed was because the way they were hyping this up, it was like they was going to announce the next game in the generation or, like, the next um, remake in the generation. And when it was a MOBA, it was like, oh, my hopes are dashed. But that being said, I'll I'll gladly try it. I'm really curious because if you watch the video at the end, it says free to start. And I don't know what that means. Um because a lot of MOBAs are typically free to play in general, and you pay for like skins or you know right. other things, right? So, so are they actually going to be limiting the the full game entirely, and then you'll have to pay for it afterwards? Or so I, I want to know more of what that means. Nintendo free to start usually means that they. You know, they let you download it for free, and they let you play enough of the game to kind of get a feel for it. And then uh, it's like they kind of slow it down significantly so that you're either going to have to wait forever to play again, or you break down and buy currency, or you break down and buy, like, the 
infinite currency, which is usually like 40 bucks that basically pays for the game and lets you do whatever you want. Um, Pokemon Picross was like this. Right. I guess my thing is that th- th- that formula doesn't jive with MOBAs. Uh, it can't <clears throat> limit your play on those kind of things. So there's no there's there's no health typically or not health um, like those lives like you would see in like the Pokemon Cafe mix or something. Uh, mm-hmm. It just the formula is is a little different for this style of game. So I'm I'm curious to see what they have in store for it. I, I don't know either. They could do anything at this point. Okay. <laughs> Anna's so not interested in the MOBA. It's no, funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, letting Anna. you guys have your space to talk without crapping on you. That's the best I can uh, do. No, all right. Crap on us now. We're into it. No. Ew. I'm going to move on to the next story. Anime Expo, which is normally held over the 4th of July weekend, this year is going to be a digital event, July 3rd and 4th on Twitch and YouTube. They just announced this week that they are going to host a panel um, talking about the The World Ends With You anime series. Surprise! There's going to be a World Ends With You anime series. What? Why? Why not? Okay. I'm okay with this. So yeah, that's a thing that's happening. You're going to watch that. You like The World Ends With You. Yep. Right. It was a um, good game. Quick hit on briefs. Hey, don't um, take my briefs. <laughs> um, Tainted Grail has landed in early access on Steam. Uh, new Hades a update has arrived, the last one before it exits early access. Wow. Grimshade is available now on Nintendo Switch. Little Town Heroes available now on PlayStation 4. Mega Dimension Neptunia 7 is coming to the Nintendo Switch next month in July. A new um, family member has been added to Children of Morta. Check them out. All right. And last thing that we want to talk about <clears throat> is um, Sean Layden, who used, used to be, to be a big wig at PlayStation. Yeah. yeah, he ran PlayStation Worldwide Studios mm-hmm. um, for so a long he... time. All right. So now we know where he's going. Where's he going? Uh, he's He's... I don't think he's going anywhere. Well, he left PlayStation. Yeah, I think he retired. Okay, so what's up? What's the news then? Um, so he did a panel at Game Lab Live. What? Um, at what? Game Lab Live. What's that? It is an online um, event okay. that happened this week. All right. I know my work industry, I feel like there's events, two events a week at this point. So yeah. this doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of stuff going on. This is this was kind of like by developers for developers. It wasn't really public facing. Um, but one of the things that he talked about is that um, he wants to see a return to the 12 to 15 hour AAA game. Because he feels like part of the reason that costs of AAA games are like spiraling up and out of control is they feel the need to just cram so much content into a single game. I'm sorry, where are these longer than 12 to 15 hour AAA games? Um, How long did you play Red Dead Redemption for? That's an exception from Rockstar. Most AAA games are not like that. But even like a lot of the shooty looties and like the the pew pews, what like Destiny? Call Destiny's of Duty. Weird. Okay, Call of Duty's not a twelve to fifteen hour campaign. It's yeah, it's it's going up. Really? Yeah. 
That's really? that's something I didn't know. Also, so is he talking like the Skyrims? And uh, I, so I don't that's know. an RPG, and that's not like a mainstream. That's like that has to be the way it is. That's why it's successful. Well, maybe. I mean, so here is his posit. I just is want that... examples is all I want. Why can't he just give examples? Name names. I want receipts. <laughs> you want to speak to his manager? I want to. <laughs> Do not care it on me. All right. All right. So here, here is his pause. Unpheasant on you. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you spend five years making a forty to eighty hour game, what would it look like if you instead made two fifteen? Our games in six years. Oh, well, I got you one better. What if every year you put out an eighty-hour game, Assassin's Creed style? I mean, I—that's th- a good example <laughs> of a game that the hours are going up and up and up. Yes, in the Assassin's yes. Creed. Yes, really? except that they were still pooping them out real fast. So <laughs> every two well, years, they, they here's another forty-hour game. They have rotating staffs, yeah. and honestly, they crunch like hell. Yeah. Every time I see that Cyberpunks. Release date gets delayed. Why are we, why do My we care about Layton's ideas for games? Is is his method going to reduce crunch? Is that why he's saying this? Is that the driver? Because yeah. that's what I want to yeah. hear he about: ideas to stop crunch. Yeah, like he thinks that cutting down the number of years you work concurrently on a game will do a lot of things. One, it's a lot more. It's a lot less emotionally draining. But if you if to you, it's. The idea is to reduce crunch, and three. That's going to increase idea is, crunch. Is we, because no, uh, you have you have a deadline now to get this game out in a year, so you can move on to the next one. Three years, Chris. Three years. Oh, we're three year development yeah. cycle. Okay. This is this is instead of spending five years making a huge epic forty to eighty hour game. How many games we're doing? That? What if we instead every three years make a fifteen hour game? I don't understand. And part of this is coming from him as like someone who's retired and not working right now and even he's like guys like i want to finish more games yeah and the one of the ways that i can do that is if all of the games are shorter yeah and so that is an interesting position to take i don't know if i inherently agree with it um but yeah like something that i've been talking a lot about a lot on discord servers through 2019 and 2020 is like, Oh my gosh, all of a sudden we're seeing a huge rise of 20 hour or less RPGs. And I love it because I'm getting through so many more games. And there is like a, a a Yahoo to that in my psychology. Have you charted that out by the way, like games you played versus um, time length? Cause Um, that would be interesting to see a chart. Yeah. In fact, hang on, let me pull up my list of games. One of the reasons that I was able to play so many more games in 2019 is because I played a lot more short games. So, like, I played um, 49 games in 2018. And I would say the average amount of time that I played a game was probably 25 hours. I could, I would have to plug all of in these in. 2019. And what was the in average in 2018? In 2018. Oh, 25 in 2018. Yep. I played 49 games. I would say on average I spent 25 hours on yeah, it. Yeah, I don't need to know how many games you played. So I just want the uh, the average in length over 2019, the time. In 2019, I played 75 games. And I would say the average amount of time I played on each game is under 20 hours. It's 
under 20 hours. Yes. So, well, what is it exactly? Did you calculate it? I didn't calculate it out exactly, but okay. like... Um, so you haven't done the math here the, yet. The longest that I played a game Your study is not past peer review. Is I'm rejecting 60 it. 60 hours. You're not being published, Anna. Yes, I'm okay with that. Yeah, all right. Do you I have a 2017 stat? Uh, yes. So in 2017, I played 43 games. And I would say the average time I played on each of these games, I'm going through all of the things. Well, Persona 5, just, excuse it. Okay. But I would say 30 hours. Well, but Persona 5 counts, Anna. Okay. Thirty. So you're so saying 30, 25, 20 yes. over the past few years. Yes. The thing about his statement, though, is that he, he's speaking, and, and rightfully so, he's speaking from the industry side. He's saying that, you know, building these longer games is costing these companies more, and, you know, they're not increasing the price point of the game itself, right? Games mm-hmm. have been $60 No, for they put on, uh, you know... Well, predatory DLC yeah, instead. Exactly. Well, yeah, right. that's part of why EA has been doing the whole games as a service thing and not wanting to, uh, not wanting to put out single player games as they said. famously said ages ago. I'm criticizing EA as I sit here playing PSO2 like it's any less predatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So the the industry itself, at least as far as I've been a part of it, you know, from a consumer side, is slow moving. So anything that's changed has taken a long time for it to move. And one of the things I think that the longer AAA titles is addressing is the the long standing complaint from gamers is I pay sixty dollars for this game and it's only ten to twelve hours. So it's like. Yes, I, I understand from an industry side, it may not be sustainable and you're going to end up in this point where you're spending so much time developing a game that you're going to end up killing yourself uh, financially. But at the same time, if you keep creating these short games, you're going to have these gamers who are like, I pay $60 for this game. It's not enough of a game for me to constitute paying that much money. If it makes you uh, feel better, I would say that that entitlement attitude is a minority. You think? Because I, I feel like it's resounding. I, I it's it's I a mean, loud minority. Yeah. There There is always going to be a certain amount of the gaming community that is very attached to the paid-to-played ratio. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm cheap. I buy no, all not. of my games on sale. You're not. You're not that cheap. Comparatively. And, and like even some of the things that I was talking about, I was talking about sales this week with someone in a discord. And it's like one of the things that I've started to do this this year in particular is like, all right, I want X game that I am willing to pay Y amount for it or I want to get Y discount and I will not buy it until the game falls to that price. So it was like, I want Trials of Mana, but I don't want to pay $40 for it. I want to pay $30 for it. So when it hits $30, I'll buy it. Um, Can I weigh in a little bit? Yeah. Because Vaughn and I have this discussion a lot. Um, Do you remember in the PS1 era when we got just very weird experimental games from huge companies like... Well, I don't want to say huge company, but stuff like Tomba and Devil Dice and Jitaru Man and just all those kind of weird, funny stuff. And it was very bite-sized and people enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I've, I've noticed that since um, 
HD graphics and stuff that a lot of that has disappeared and mostly it's in the indie space now. And part of it is because of this whole, well, if we feel like we have to fill the disc or people are not going to buy our game. And I, I think that that's part of what he's trying to get at here is that he, that, that yeah, games need to like, I don't know, not, not be so ambitious, like trying to keep it more simple so that they can be sh- shorter and, and yeah, they can crank them out so- sooner and all that, but just scale it back a little bit. The, the other thing is, is that lets them spread out the risk a little bit more. The problem is, is when they invest so much into one title, like uh, Bioware did with Anthem, and then it falls flat on its face. Like you've mm-hmm. invested six years and so much effort of the company, and then like, oh yeah, this is just dead. You know, they they envisioned this thing being a huge franchise that would stretch out for three or four years and bring in tons of money, and then when it falls on its face, it falls on its face. It's just like, oh crap, what do we do now? I mean, so I feel at- like that also covers a different. So that they wanted that to be an evergreen content, mm-hmm. you know, and but I everyone feel like that- wants everything to be evergreen now. Um, that's also part of the problem yeah i I think everybody wants one evergreen because Mm -hmm. it is a great source of revenue for people i mean you know look at companies like riot who have league of legends that's been around since 2009 i think uh you know everybody wants to have something in that space but i don't know that anybody goes in that frame of mind with with a, a standalone title you know if you take uh you know just any one of the like the assassin's creed games i think everybody goes in saying okay this is the budget we're going to spend on it and this is what we hope to get back from it when it's done you know and then that it's it and they're going to be looking towards the next title um so i i I mean i definitely understand from the from the anthem side of things like nobody wants to sink six eight ten years into a game and have it fall flat uh but i feel like with with single player titles, because the scope is much more limited, uh, you know what the the true beginning and end is going to look like. Uh, I don't know that 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 is as big of a risk. It's still a risk, but just not as big. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about how Square basically had to create like a separate side company, Tokyo um, RPG Factory, just to put out smaller games because they didn't want to risk their Square name. On well, and good thing t- they did since those games suck. Yeah. <laughs> Chris! They're not good games! What do you want from me? I, to be clear, I did not hate I Am Satsuna. I just was very underwhelmed by it. Oh, well. In that case, they didn't. There's, there's a huge best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hate I Am Tetsuna like I hate Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, that's true. There you <laughs> go. All right, you got me. <laughs> didn't I'm teasing. Quit. I'm teasing, by the way. I don't hate Fantasy Star Online. It's just not for me. But that's beside the point. But that's what I'm getting at is that these companies are so scared to do anything other than the AAA game, AAA thing, that they feel like they have to make a completely separate studio just to put out stuff that's simple. Well, remember that Square's the one that was disappointed that Tomb Raider only sold however many millions. Now, obviously, they've gone on and done, like, three follow- or two follow-ups, so I guess they were cool with it after all. But, like, Square has weird expectations to begin with. And part of that weird expectation is that they feel like they have to fill up a disc and make something with huge graphics in order to be viable in this era. Well, I think and that's we what, were and, asking them for Final Fantasy VII Remake, so... 
Yeah, that might be and on we us. got it. <laughs> but I mean, there needs there needs to be a middle ground with the huge developers these days. It, it seemed like that Konami was kind of trying it with um, like the Rocket Knight Adventures oh. remake and all those um, those ones on WiiWare that I'm blanking on the name of, like the Rebirth titles. It's like they were trying and they didn't make any money off of those, so they just quit. Oh, and it's 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 irritating, and I and that's why indies have become so huge because indies have kind of filled that gap uh, in the smaller the game space. Yeah. Like this. There's a quote in the chat room, like remember Jim Sterling's quote: "AAA companies don't want some of the money; they want all of the money." Yeah, that's like, <laughs> which is he, fair. He's absolutely right. But I think that's just the budgets are that huge that they need all the budgets, bu- money to bu- justify it. Therefore, if we could lower our expectations as gamers to take smaller games, that would be fine. But then I'm back to the argument that I always hear is that it's the asset creation that absorbs all the yeah. money, not the rest of the game. And the assets still need to be made even for the shorter game. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to get around that? And part of it is like that is the one thing like you can quantify no matter what you you want to say about a game you know like different people will have different opinions on a story but you can you can kind of like quantify what the graphics look like and so everyone you know chases after that in terms of AAA development and that drives the cost through the roof hmm. right so I think I think Sean Layden is is he's saying the right things he's just on the wrong he's barking up the wrong tree I don't I don't think it's the length of the game. I think that it needs to be evaluated in other areas. Uh, you know, it, he mentions that he's an older gamer and what likes the short games. And I agree. Like <laughs> as we get older, it's harder to play longer games. Um, and which is why, Anna, maybe that's why you're enjoying so much of your gaming because it's hard to sit down with so many games coming out and limited time to play them all. You know, you have mm-hmm. to be selective in what you buy and, so when we find those shorter games or games that hit the right price point or what have you, then that's when we decide to pull the trigger on it. So I'm, I'm going to humble brag for a minute. Uh-oh. I'm going to name off some of the games that I played last year and this year that are sub 20 hours, which is kind of what got me thinking about this question. That are AAA like, or they're just games? RPGs. Oh, okay. All right. You ready? I'm going to start firing. The Longest Five Minutes, Lapis Cross Labyrinth, Real Fishing Roadship Adventure, World Tree Marche, War Groove, Sparklight, Moonlighter, The Legend of Zelda's Link's Awakening, Steam World Quest, Brave Land Trilogy. Hang on, I have to jump. Luigi, oh, wait. Little Town Hero, Moero Chronicles Hyper. Keep going down the list. Uh, none of those are RPGs. Sorry. Uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas. That one doesn't count. You were in it. Well, okay. Um, Picto Quest, The Cursed Grids, Cat Quest 2, The Lupus Empire. Um, Valhalla isn't an RPG, but it's good, so I'm <laughs> including it. Not um, an RPG. Sega Ages, Fantasy Star. So that's my, oops, that's my 2019 list. 2020. Uh, Wintermore Tactics Club. Catherine Fullbody? Uh, RFL, uh, Cattails. So what you're telling me is that all these games already exist and Sean's asking for something that's already here and we should just buy them instead? Or are you telling me that, hey, 
As long as you go outside the scope of AAA, we got plenty of these. Yes. And Sean's right. We should get them in AAA too. I think both. Okay. I, I think that people... Uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot with people who don't play RPGs is like they feel that there's this weird barrier to entry of there are so many RPGs that are like a bajillion, gajillion hours. And I just don't have yeah, time it's called to the sit good down ones. and play that anymore. Anyways, carrying on. It'll do too. Ancient Enemy, Yes or Grace, not an RPG, you know, but it's a, still good. I don't, what are we even reading this list for? I'm very confused. Like, Battle I, Chef I think, for Grade. All right. If people are interested in the things, In short RPGs. Yes. Okay, yeah. But like, then if you want an experience like Dragon Quest, that ain't no 20-hour experience. No. Nor, no. nor is Legend of Heroes. And I don't know that it should be. Though it seems like Legend of Heroes could have some fat trimmed. No. Oh, yeah. no the <laughs> Mixed the, reaction. The appeal, of, the appeal of Legend of Heroes is that it is basically an anime game. It's chunkers. But it doesn't yeah. feel like it's all episodes of an anime. It seems like there's a lot of filler side questing that could maybe be trimmed. And you no, can skip all the of side that. quests are great. Okay. You can skip all of the What if you played on too? normal and you have all this grinding? Maybe then it feels different. Then your grinding is grinding. Okay. All right, what's the date today? 27th. Yeah, 27th of June. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to add one You're Getting more. close to your birthday, Anna. Mm-hmm. What do you want for your birthday? Uh, Tell love. me on the... Oh. Go, Anna. It's your birthday. Go, Anna. All right. Um, so that leads us to our question of the week. I want you to tell me your favorite RPG under 20 hours. Thematic. Hmm. Uh-huh. I gotta think about that. Yeah. So the the panel is gonna have to think about it because I did kind of spring this on them. So we'll get everybody's answers next week. I want to say Star Ocean One because that's pretty short. Okay. I think my my gut reaction was Undertale, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, good one. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Maybe Diablo One. I think you played a lot more than 20 hours of that. Not of Diablo 1, no. Oh, okay. It's, it's a shorter game. Okay, fair enough. Diablo the only one that comes to mind longer. for me is like, like Ease, Oath, and Felgana. But Undertale's really yeah. good. Oh, all of the Eases are pretty short. Well, the earlier ones are. Yeah, now the earlier long. ones. Yeah. Which is funny because I actually didn't mention any Ease games in my fired off list there because they all took me more than 20 hours we're excluding the legend of zelda right because it's why? not really an rpg why because it's not I, an I RPG. Put Link's Awakening on my list yeah but it's not an rpg and neither is that you want to include Le- uh zelda 2 by all means I, i'm gonna I make you work zelda for it counts. Right. I think well then zelda the leg- then the first legend of zelda is like super good in less than 20 hours and like Link's awakening uh yeah, that one only, I mean, you can beat it like 10 hours if you yeah. skip all the side quests. Oh, yeah. So Ease Memories of Salsetta, Vita, 2018, 17 hours. Yep, you're right. So that's a sub-20 game. Validated. Ease Origins took me 21 hours. So. Oh, disqualified. <laughs> all right. Um, so we're going we're gonna to let that one percolate. And mm. we have new releases this week. Um, not not a, not a big 
chunk of stuff to talk about. Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 comes out on Switch on Tuesday. Um, two games that came out this week that we didn't talk about last week. Um, Pokemon Mix Cafe. Hey, how's that swirling of the Pokemon going? I haven't downloaded it yet. Cause Peter, did you try it? Like, obsessed with Cold Steel. How is it? I'm, I'm up to like level 65 or something. Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it's a really good uh, puzzle game. Yeah. And much better than Pokemon Smile, so <laughs> download it and play that instead of brushing your teeth. Um, but it's not gonna rub it, your yeah. gums raw. Yeah, right. If if you don't want to play Pokemon Mix Cafe Mix, Tooth rather. Care underrated. Instead, play Pokemon Cafe Swirl. Well, yeah, it, it it's got a lot of the if you've played any of those kind of puzzle games, uh, like. Candy Crush and all those other. Oh, it it's like that. Up. Okay, Anna, why aren't you playing this? Cold it Steel. Like, to yeah, me but it you, like, when uh, you're in bed playing your iPad garbage. I haven't been playing my iPad garbage much uh, this last few weeks because yeah, I've been playing Cold true. Steel. That's not true. I called uh, you out on it, and you said, "No, this is what I want to do right now. Leave me alone." It looks to me. It looks a lot like Pokemon Troze. If you guys ever played that, I did, but I don't remember it. I remember the name and that I played it and lost interest. I just remember being very annoyed that that was a launch title and it never went down in price. Ever. Wasn't that the free-to-play one? No. Well, I mean, they had a free-to-play version on the 3DS, but on the original DS, there was also um, a version that like stayed expensive like until the DS died. Hmm. But, yeah. All right. Um, other thing that came out this week, um, Color Cross Malice hit the switch. This is a visual novel that like everybody on staff who's played it has absolutely adored it. Um, so if you are interested in visual novels and don't really know where to start or have a passing interest in visual well, novels, which one is this only, now? Like, good Who did games, this one? This is a really good one. Who made this one? Uh, Otomate. There are no heritage here, or famous authors, or people who made. Otomate is games. the company that makes all the good Otome games. Okay, I thought you said it was a visual novel. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, it's a visual novel. I yeah okay cool. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Tell me. All right, carrying on. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Well, thanks for. Yeah. You. Thanks, Josh. Sure. What you were don't. you saying thank you for, Kelly? Oh, n- never mind. I got confused. My bad. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. All right. Uh, thank you, Del North, for our music, forecasting, for our encoding. What will you be playing this week, Kelly? Trails. How about you, Josh? Uh, I'm going to do Chrono Trigger for JRPG July. <gasps> Never played it before, so we'll see how that goes. You're Have you played Chrono treat. Cross? No, never. Okay. Neither. Then you can play Chrono Cross afterwards and compare them and see if you make the right choice. I mean, <laughs> oh. see if you agree with Anna. Sorry. What are you going to play this week, in- Peter? Um, I was thinking more Wonderful 101, but I, I feel like I might want to be a straggler onto the JRPG, JRPG July. Uh, so I might have to look in my collection and find something and join along with you guys. Okay. 
What are you going to play for JRPG July, Chris? Okay, so... I... My feelings are complicated. You need to understand a few things. I don't know what I'm doing, and I can't control myself. So, on the one hand, I should play more of my Final Fantasy V for Job Fiesta run, right? I should finish that. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's cool. It's nice to stream. On the other hand, I could play so much more Fantasy Star Online too, and that feels real fun right now, and I like that. On the third hand, I could torture Josh and and Kelly with more um, Civ Six antics. And so I think I will just have to give up and play Pokemon um, something or other. Like Pokemon Smile. I don't know. I don't, don't know what do I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, don't do Value you, your gums. Don't do it. Did you ever finish Sword and Shield? No. Okay. You need, well, first off, you need to finish that. Oh, but I'm having and so then much fun. You need to go uh, get your shiny Z- Zashia or Z- the, the, the Thunder Kitty. I can't pronounce it. Where name. do I get it from? Um, you have to. I think you just get it as a mystery gift if you participated in the raid event. Oh, I didn't do that. Okay. Yeah, I think you hey, can still do it this weekend. Hey, Anna. Mm-hmm. Question about JRPG July: Do mm-hmm. you have to start something new, or no. can you yeah. pick up something that you've? Because I was going to say maybe Persona Five. There you Ooh. go. You can pick that up and finish. Yeah. Maybe that'll be it. Hmm. Don't play Pokemon Smile, Chris. Okay. Good to know. I don't know what I will do, but I'm sure it will involve PSO2 now because all of a sudden I'm obsessed with this shit. I I just realized, Chris, you know what you need to play? Oh, no. Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, that's true. I should. Because I want to have a spoiler cast. It's on the list. I want to have a spoiler cast before it qualifies for a backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold your breath. So you got two years. Right. Get on it. Good to know. Good to know. All right. I, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast oh. now. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.
There is no exploration in Metroid.